What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 91. As always, with my resident homies, Casey Joel. I'm Anthony. What up to y'all? Hanging out, gonna be hanging out with us soon in the chat. Um, Hello. thank you to all the YouTube subscribers. All, all you guys are but that number keeps going up, and I love it, dude. It's it's just so cool. Um, tonight we're joined by uh, a master a master and a legend a guy that i've we have been fans of for fuck i don't know i would say decades it's pretty close to that dude I, I would say i was like 20 or something when when i came across spastic for the first time so but yeah dude ron thank you so much for uh hanging out with us tonight dude yeah it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool yeah, definitely, dude. And uh, let's do some quick plugs real quick. Uh, Battleforgecoffee.com. Homies over there in Deeds of Flesh. They got that that, that caffeine bean for you. There it is. Y'all got this down, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. We're, we're still <laughs> actually we're on the fly usually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's some... exchange crap and all that stuff. <laughs> we're still working out the latency issues with my uh, clicking. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, get over there, buy some coffee, buy some swag. They're the homies, dude. Love them to death. Um, I think we're sold out of shirts right now, guys, but you can go there when I when we tell you that we have more shirts. <laughs> what is it? Was it? Oh, wait, no, I didn't even say it. CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com. That's where we're going to have merch again soon. Um, let's do that tour real quick. Joseph's actually, they're actually out there right now. The professor's yep. out. Today uh, first show to come up. Yeah. Today's the first show. So if you're watching this, you should be out there. Or I don't know. Seattle Just, probably. Yeah, probably yeah. Like, so like, Seattle's <laughs> Friday night. So that'll be this Friday. This what is that? This I, my eyes are terrible, dude. That it's like no, a it's a Saturday, it's a Saturday so they're Saturday. not okay. So this Saturday, at the bar house in Seattle, go get brutalized by these bands, dude. They're all sick. And uh, yeah, what about you, Ron? You got uh, places on the internet that you want to plug for uh, merch or information? Um, right now, just doing ronjarzombic.com. And I've got that set up. It kind of looks like an app kind of a thing. Click on the app, and it'll go to different different things. You I actually downloaded your app. That was the, you have did, an actual yeah. iPhone app, right? Or like a Apple twenty four twelve. Well, actually, I I have another one that's just a, I just submitted it this week to Apple and Google, and um, it's already up right now on the App Store. But uh, I'm still waiting for for the Android to come up. But yeah, yeah, it's a brand new app, but I haven't even announced it or anything because I have to send it up. And I guess the app store is faster than than the Google store. And okay. yeah, it's a brand new app. It's a multi, not a multi-tracking. It's a uh, it's got backing tracks happening on it. It's a, another 12 note, 12 tone thing. It creates progressions. And it's uh, I've got another one coming up. I've got uh, some friends that actually played some examples for me on it and that's going to be a tutorial demonstration video that's coming up as soon as it's up on google i'm going to uh, release that but that's a brand new app killer that's cool so where did you come up with that idea though for the app like the because that was if i remember correctly the first one that you had it was like you make a word and then it would make like a progression for you well was the that first kind of one like... that i did was in 2012 
Mm-hmm. And that was called Black, Beyond Life and Cosmic Kinetics. And that's a multi-tracking app to where you have, it's a it's one song, but it's a, you can choose from side A and side B, and you can select different solos and drum parts and stuff like that. And then I have two more multi-tracking apps, and then I have the Play the Name and Create a Riff, where, yeah, you can spell your name and stuff like that, and it'll create a tune. And then recently I had the System 2412 app, which creates um, progressions and you can, you know, use the progressions in songs or whatever. But this new one, it's actually, it creates backing tracks while it's uh, creating progressions too. Hey, Javier, what's up, man? <laughs> that's one of the dudes that's on the, uh, on the uh, demonstration tape, Javier. Oh, killer. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's funny because you're like, well, you guys got this stuff down with like our, as far as like our doing our podcast, but G, you're making fucking apps that like yeah. create yeah, music no, in a like different way. Old, yeah, the old fart guys making apps, you know. And... <laughs> but they're like very unique apps. They're actually very like, uh, they have a really cool, like, like I was like writing in like butt farts and making a cool like progression out of it and it was like you know when i first originally did you spell like, butt fart it, yet did it sound good or what? it sounded good it all <laughs> really? every word sounded good that i ever made well, like, the best, and I was just like, the best yeah. one that i found was chocolate chip chocolate and cookies <laughs> it sounded really good and i remember oh my God. Uh, fred flintstone sounded pretty good too so, yeah, yeah yeah do y'all That's even know who hard. that is Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know come, on, is. Yeah, yeah. come on, dude. We're not I'm, that I'm, young. We're almost, 40. we're almost forty. Yeah, yeah. We're we're getting there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> young but, uh, types. Yeah, the, the app thing came around because all the time when I'm, you know, doing music, I like something else associated with the music, not just, you know, the song itself. I want, you know, like Blotted Science. We did the bug movies. We stored the bug movies, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of this stuff using all twelve notes, and I just like doing other stuff other than just writing and and releasing songs i want something else to be part of it mm-hmm. and, you know i always kind of think i'm a uh, a metal film score kind of guy that's just out of place or something because that's really what i'd like to do well i read uh i forget where i read it but you are a fan of carl stalling correct Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I love the dude. yeah. I, 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 I don't. I, I remember reading something. I don't know. You could tell me if this is true or not. But um, when you were young and you were watching watching these cartoons, you would close your eyes, right? And you would you would be listening to Carl scoring the cartoon. Yeah, and then the thing about that and and films too is something if it. The music fits so well, you don't even know that it's there. Yeah. You know, and, and with Bugs Bunny cartoons especially, you know, that's what Carl Stalling did uh, most of his work. Uh, I figured out so many of the lines, you know, when, when Tweety and, you know, Sylvester are chasing, you know, running around on the screen. I figured out a lot of those parts on on guitar. And that's pretty much where Spastic Inc. Uh, was born was from a lot of that kind of that animation type of stuff yeah you know and uh it it kind of that you know not so much watchtower but that bled into blotted science too with the with the bug movies it's always scoring um you know that kind of thing like that but i bugs bunny cartoons hot dog i just love that stuff oh dude it's it's pretty wild when you actually sit back as an adult watching you know with my kids yeah. i'm i'm more so i'm watching every movement and and 
listening mm-hmm. to the score and seeing how every single note, every single uh, progression part of the music that's playing it goes with what's and and then you watch the you know the spastic song wild hair and yeah, uh, dog, yeah. yeah yeah cereal and I, mouse is another one we did uh you know i took charlotte's web yep and we uh we scored that too that was more of a that's a cartoon kind of thing right and those were cool you know and then a morning with squeaky too i have that all planned out you know when he's twirling the nut and chewing it and stuff like that and then he throws a nut and hits the dog in the head and you know all that kind of crap like that but yeah that that whole that whole song could be could be animated you know i mean movement to movement well yeah but like in, in movie scoring they use like time coding and stuff did you like use that to, to get those parts or just like map it out like musically well let me tell you something when uh when i did the the blotted science the bug movies you know i this was in 2000 what was it maybe eight or nine that I started doing 2008 or nine. And I had two computers. It wasn't where I could import a movie into Cubase or something like I can now. And I had two computers set up sex with squeaky too. That's right. Javier. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> and I had two computers set up and one of them was the audio. And then the other one was the video. And I'd have to press both space bars at the same time you know to get them synced up and everything nowadays you can just import a video and you can lay your click down and all that stuff like that so i mean as primitive as things can get that that's what i did like especially for a wild hair you know when i transcribed all of the all of thumper's dialogue and everything yeah yeah that was like with cassette tapes wow that yeah i would did that stuff when i was at in austin practicing with watchtower and you know i bring cassette tapes and and, you know write out as i you know tab it out and stuff like that whatever thumper was saying and that was in mid 90s was the first um spastic ink because Mm -hmm. we came out with four songs first and a wild hair was one of those and so that was a very the very beginning of spastic ink and that started in 94 that's crazy dude So that was very primitive how, how that was all done so let's go back even further because yeah. like i mentioned pre pre-show um since we're talking cartoons and 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 all that kind of stuff like it's perfect to just ask what what was it something else than like watching looney tunes was there an artist or a song that you heard as a child that that made your ears perk up and pay attention a little bit more well, aside from bugs bunny there was somebody gave me a copy of the movie troll i don't know if you all heard of troll. oh yeah yeah oh yeah it's these little gnome kind of things or whatever and that that it just made such a big impact on me that after that i wrote a song on my first solo cd the song is called ants on my windshield I don't know if you've heard that, mm-hmm. but it's a story of I'm driving to uh, to my girlfriend's house, and then while I'm there, these ants get on top of my car, and they uh, they attack me on the way home, and uh, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, that that was inspired by that movie Troll. I don't know how that happened, but um, yeah, I would say Bugs Bunny came first, and then that movie Troll, and then I discovered, uh, you know, John Williams, E.T. And stuff like that okay. and then uh danny right. elfman of course edward scissorhands mm-hmm. um, oh, totally, dude. elliot goldenthal came a little bit later 
Jerry Goldsmith, all those film score guys. But so it really was all about like the film scores from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy, dude. So that's funny, man. That's funny. That's hell good. yeah! It's 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 really technical shit that that's going mm-hmm. on in that in those mm-hmm. cartoons, dude. And um, so you're you're a child though like we want to know like what made you like first of all your brother's crazy as shit too so we definitely want to know what it was like to be in the jar zombeck house you know well the cool thing about bobby was that we uh we never had to look for other band members to play right. with when we were kids they were in the same house yeah. you know me and bobby we first started and then our older brother ralph he started playing bass but the first um, real band kind of start uh, experience for us was the Beatles. My mom yeah. bought us the, the red album and the blue album by the Beatles, which was the best of. And around this time, you know, the AM radio was, was kind of happening, you know, a lot of pop stuff and all that kind of thing like that. But Beatles came first and then, uh, and then Kiss came up after that. That was my first hard rock album, was the first Kiss Alive album. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that came Rush. But, you know, you said what songs before we were going live, you said something. I remember a couple of songs. There was a neighbor of mine named Jerry, and he played Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. You know, that that, that country song or whatever. And then uh, Smoke on the Water. Sick. You know, you got to know that. Have you seen that T-shirt where it has it in tab? No. No, No. I didn't get that. Only, only it, it's zero three five zero three six five. You know, there. Yeah. Guitar player be like, yeah, it's cool. And nobody know, knows what we're talking. Is, about. Does smoke on the water real quick. Is that like, is that plucked? Dan, 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 or is it strummed? Pretty sure it's just with a pick. I'm not okay, sure. Okay. If the first note is open strings on the fifth fret, but I mean that's classic. That's as classic as you can get. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that was the first of it right there. Was smoke on the water, and then there's other songs. Green eyed lady. Have you ever heard green eyed lady? Oh yeah. Sugarloaf, that was in there too. That was some, you know, pretty big impact on me too. But yeah, the first one for me, I'd say Hard Rock was was the first Kiss album. The the, the first album for me was Kiss Alive, mm-hmm. and that was you know Gene Simmons, Breathing Fire, and all that stuff. You know, right. Cool stuff. So, when how old were you when you decided you wanted to play an instrument? Was did you start with guitar? Did you start with piano? What did you? Yeah, do? piano first, and then I noticed. Uh, I always tell this story, but I was in singing class in second grade, and I noticed that when we were singing the notes, you know, they were going higher and lower. So I told my mom about it. She signed me up for piano classes, and I did that for two years, did recitals and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was playing uh, football at the same, you know, around that same time, and my friends were like, dude, why don't you play guitar? Why don't you do something cooler? You know, so, <laughs> yeah. so I ditched the piano, and mom was like, you're never going to play guitar as good as you play piano and, and this kind of stuff like that. Right, and around right. this time, Bobby, Bobby was playing drums, snare drum. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, then we started playing and stuff, playing some songs and stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, what was, can you remember the first song you guys played uh, together? Was it, what'd you, what'd you Hawaii cover? Five O. Oh, no shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. That was the first thing that we played on stage was Hawaii Five O. Killer. <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, then we did some medley that had uh, more than a feeling Boston and 
mm-hmm. Walk This Way and some other stuff. And then our big song to play at gigs when our brother Ralph came in the band was Working Man by Rush. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That's a great song. And then, uh, yeah, and I'm still doing the a Rush tribute band. That's, that's pretty yeah. much the only live playing that I'm doing these days is we've been together about, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 years. Wow. Is what kind of uh, al- what, what albums are you exploring on? Are you going like hemispheres? Are you going out there with like a, with, yeah, well? I, I like the older stuff. I don't like anything past maybe moving pictures, permanent ways. I don't really. It's not really my thing, but I love the twenty one twelve, Farewell to Kings, hemispheres that era right there. You know, yeah. I, I usually wear a, uh, you know, the robe, the cape. I usually wear that on. Stage. Oh yeah. Because oh, that's dude, what they were awesome. doing around that time. But we so played good. some later songs too from uh, Hold Your Fire and that. But mo- most of the stuff is, you know, we played By Tour and the Snow Dogs, Xanadu, of course, so Tom good. Sawyer and all that kind uh, of stuff like that. Yeah, you got to play the, the crowd pleasers for sure. But did you ever get yeah. into like, uh, like what for me and Casey, like probably, I mean, Hemispheres is our favorite, but like circumstances and. Stuff yeah, like we that played that you. before. We don't play that anymore, but we do, uh, we do the trees off of that one. Nice. Um, I think we played La Via Strangiato a couple of times, but it's a it's kind of a crowd killer because everybody's waiting for vocals, you know, and playing, right? Yep. You know, <laughs> nine minutes of just you know, <laughs> on. yeah, yeah, totally. Just... <laughs> When's Amanda gonna start singing again? You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, That's man. awesome. So, a... so okay. Oh no, what were you gonna say, Joel? I was gonna say around here in um, California, there's a really cool band um, that I. I couldn't make to the last show a couple weeks ago, but it's called Rash. It's mm. like a it's a Rush cover band, but they like almost look like them too. It's like the guy the guy plays keyboards that looks like Giddy Lee, but he wow. sings he sings in those keyboards, and the guitar player looks dead on Alex Lifeson. Like it's yeah, I thought about dyeing my hair blonde, but I haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> that's a commitment. Yeah, that's but, pretty. Uh, yeah, we've got four members. We have a uh, you yeah. know vocalist, just vocals, and then. Actually, the bass player in this is Pete from Spastic Inc. Oh, oh damn! Sick. He does bass Jesus. and keys and all that stuff. And uh, but yeah, we're a, we're a four piece though. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's a pretty cool gig. Pretty cool gig. So back to um, back to uh, playing with your brother your brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, what age were you at that time? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd say it was about fourth or fifth grade, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when what? I would, I remember when we were in seventh and eighth grade, it's when, when a bike tour and the snow dog was, was out. And, uh, you know, that song just made such a big impact on me. And we had a, a multi-piece song at that time, you know, me and Bobby and Ralph. And, uh, you know, that's where we were starting to even explore doing, uh, more crazy things other than just writing, you know, songs. Mm-hmm. you know kind of multi-piece kind of things like that we were you know not even in high school yet doing that stuff and right you know the whole rush influence we were doing you know measures with uh, you know five and a half over four you know which is you know 11 11 8 but uh you know a lot of experimental kind of you know time signatures and stuff like that pretty pretty early on you know that was what, a, what made what grade. made you guys want to go that route and start it was just a heavy rush influence yeah that's all it was i think for me kiss you know all the theatrics of kiss was was a big impact but uh the rush just the uh the playing and the writing and and everything was just a real big impact on on me and bobby mm-hmm. 
So did Ralph continue playing? Yeah, he was kind of, he's older than, than me and Bobby. And he, uh, he actually has a master's degree in music. Oh, wow. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, Bobby uh, went to school a, a little bit, but Bobby's the one that's, you know, doing all the touring and the huge stadiums and stuff now. And uh, yeah, but Ralph has a, uh, he's either a bachelor's or a master's, but he's like a musical genius. That's, well, it makes sense, dude. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of in between. I've had a couple of years of college theory, but Ralph is like, yeah, he's like a, just crazy, crazy. So are genius. you, are you the middle? Are you the middle? No, I'm the youngest one. The youngest. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's just you three. That's yeah. Three boys. yeah. Ralph played bass with us for a while, but it was mostly me and Bobby pushing the whole, you know, writing our own, doing our own thing. But Ralph's the one that, you know, went to a music school and, you know, got his degree and everything like that. Um, Ricky, it, I'll, I'll shout out for Ricky. Is, did he have any bands or anything that people can check out? He played a little bit around town, but yeah, he wasn't in, uh, you know, bigger bands like, you know, what me and Bobby are doing. He's kind of, uh, yeah, he does a little bit of writing and everything. Mm -hmm. but, so, uh, so then you guys get into high school and what, what happens in high school? Like you and Bobby never stopped playing. Was Ralph still... Uh, jamming with yeah, you Ralph was with us, but yeah we started a band it was called tear it i guess i'll tell this story i want to hear the stupid story right. i tell it all the time <laughs> we uh we saw the 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 word t-a-r-o-t and we thought it was pronounced tear it okay? <laughs> but it's really tarot yeah. you know like tarot yeah. cards right right and uh <laughs> and so anyways we said this sounds we don't like how that sounds. We don't like tarot. We went to do tarot, so we added an R in there. Nice. And it's, uh, it was T-A-R-R-O-T was the name of the band, and they always said tarot, carrot, and, you know, this kind of stuff <laughs> like that. But we, we did quite a few gigs. That's where I played my first bar when I was 16, the Razzle Dazzle Club. Nice. Uh, wow. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, we did some originals and stuff like that. We did covers, Scorpions, um, you know, Judas Priest, some Triumph. What else did we do? UFO, a lot of UFO. Uh, I think we had some Kiss songs in the Rush, of course. And uh, what were the originals? What were the originals? Uh, could you uh, compare them to? Uh, Bobby wrote the lyrics. I remember our, our big hit was "Black Rose of Death." Nice. <laughs> and, and we had um, Hades Insects was another one. <laughs> uh, Something with razor blade, I think, was another one. But yeah, our, our big hit was was Black Rose of Death. So humor's yeah. it's always it seems like humor's humor, always right? been a part of it. I don't know. Blame Bobby. He's the one that came up with the lyrics for that stuff. <laughs> but, but even with like your later stuff too, there's always a little bit of humor. Well, when we started doing spastic ink, we just had this wordplay, you know, happening. We had, you know, the mad data race is the mad rat race. Mm -hmm. uh, eights is enough is eight is enough and do y'all know Harmon halftime baking shuffle is arm and hammer baking soda oh wow dude that was, that? that's one that i was just reading today and i was like where is that where, where would that <laughs> reference come from <laughs> yeah bobby just came up with you know that's bobby's uh, drum solo song and he came up with that that's killer and, uh, what else is on that album uh arm and hammer too it's like it yeah, He's Harmon Halftime Baking Shuffle is, is what that one's called. But yeah, we've we've always been playing around with with um 
with uh, with words. And then on the second spastic ink CD, there's multi-masking, which is multitasking, because back then they were doing all the backwards masking and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aquanet was a uh, hairspray or something. I don't know. Anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cereal mouse was was had had to do with you know the cereal S E R I A L mouse, and they did the cereal. Uh huh. Uh huh. But anyways. Yes, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's hilarious, so cool, dude. Great, dude. Okay, so we're so you're you did your first gig in high school. There's partial originals and a bunch of covers. Um, take us from there. Like, I want to know like how you guys kept forging it and 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 getting to the point where you and Bobby decide to to start Spastic Inc. Um, after that, I was in, uh, I got in a band called S.A. Slayer, yep. or Slayer, and then we had to change it to S.A. Slayer because the real Slayer, you know, the California Slayer, they had the rights to the name and everything. Mm -hmm. And around this time, Bobby had always been playing with country bands, and uh, but his first uh, metal band in town was a band called Juggernaut. Okay. And, uh, and then after that, he got into Riot. And then when I uh, Slayer disbanded, then that's when I got into Watchtower. How did and you come? How did you meet the guys in Watchtower? Was it just from we the local scene? We did with that, yeah, yeah. SA Slayer and Watchtower, and there's a band from Houston called Hellstar. And and SA Slayer was the big band in San Antonio. Watchtower was the big band in Austin, and Hellstar was Houston's band. And we would play, you know, in Houston, San Antonio. I don't know if we played Dallas, but you know, the three of us, we, we, you know, always be on the same bill together. We've got a long break, you know, mm -hmm. and that's where, uh, you know, that's when I met the guys in Watchtower. And, uh, you know, soon after Billy took off and then I, then I hopped into the Watchtower spot. So, um, from energetic disassembly mm -hmm. to control, um, was there any, demos of the the control stuff before you joined or yeah they that... released it it's called god dog i forgot what it's called but they released the some of the songs billy's playing four of the songs on there and they released that god dog what's the name of that i forgot it but anyways i have a couple of songs where i played demos on that and uh but the actual songs were released on control and resistance billy wrote half of the songs with doug and then I wrote the other half with Doug. Okay. But yeah, that's it's floating around someplace. Yeah, there's. I think there's a. I got like a compilation of like you know the B sides and demos of yeah. Watchtower. I'm sure it's on there. I know yeah, that. Yeah, that was just the one that has Billy on there. That was just a bedroom recording. It was called Tape for Dum Dum, and <laughs> they made that tape. I guess uh, when Jason was uh, writing lyrics, or I mean a. Uh, working lyrics out or something i'm not sure who, who dum dum was but it was called tape for dum dum and that's what i learned all of the songs off of that cassette tape wow and that that tape needs to be framed someplace that was such a huge a huge you know piece so cool. of, yeah and, and the whole watchtower story tape for dum dum so going from uh essay slayer and everything you were doing previously, like, um, when when you joined Watchtower, did did you 
feel like you had to level up or were you already well billy was like the hotshot dude and you know in, in texas i guess you could say i mean he was like lord god king yeah you know and you know i had reservations about joining watchtower just because you know trying to step into billy's shoes mm -hmm. you know it's pretty pretty big deal to do that but I, I eventually got in and you know we recorded the control and resistance record and i thought i did pretty good Fuck you know yeah, dude. solos on there i think are really good not to be you know but uh you know i thought i did pretty good with the, with the billy songs he wrote the songs and i did my own solos and you know i think they stand out and everything and i thought i uh I thought I did pretty good on that album. You definitely did, dude. Um, I mean, we came across Spastic first, but as soon as mm. we fell in love, track, yeah. as soon as we fell in love with your work, dude, we wanted to mm. know everything about you before that, and and so yeah. we got we got keen to uh, Watchtower, and goddamn mm. those. I mean, I mean, incom uh, incomplete and Control and Resistance were constantly being played at at because we're all in a band. Well, you know about that. Wait, yeah. I didn't even mention that, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> Elephant in the loop. Hey. Yeah, we will. We'll get yeah, to I tell it. Tell you what, man. When when y'all asked me to do that, I, I don't know how far back we're going to go with this whole death metal thing, but yeah, you know, we got to start. We got to talk about blotted science here or there, but oh, y'all yeah. were one of the first bands that asked me to do a guest solo, and it, you know, it was because of the blotted science thing. Right. And I just remember, I just had such a good time with that song. Dude. Oh, we loved all the it, harmonies dude. and all that stuff like that. And I listened, somebody mentioned to that something that came up on, on Facebook or whatever. And I listened back to that solo and I was like, God, that was such a good, you know, opportunity just to, to, you know, to, to, to do a guest solo. That's one of my favorite guest solos that I've ever done. Jesus. Let's just talk. We'll talk about it real quick. Right. That that's that. I can't believe that I'm hearing you say that dude, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. We'll, we'll have to, well, let's talk about it real quick. So back in like 2005 six. or six, five or six. Yeah. Okay. So six. We were recording in 2006. It came out in 2007, right? So we did odious mortem cryptic implosion. Yeah. We, after the bloodletting tour in the summer, we we recorded with Zach O'Ren at Castle Ultimate Studios, and then we, uh, Anthony. The reason he, why he, I knew he, I was got a hold of Ron somehow. It yeah, was yeah. I was gonna I was gonna start it off with that. So the reason yeah. why Ron and I started talking back then is as soon as I heard that blotted science was gonna be a thing, I was this kid like mm, I want to try out for vocals. Oh, yeah. so i was like oh, i emailed right. ron i was like oh, i want to i want to <laughs> yeah. travel for vocals and then he's like, and he was so nice he got right back to me he's like it's it's just going to be an instrumental project but we yeah. we ended up staying in touch and uh casey picked me up to take me down uh to I socal drive yeah and we were we were just you know spitballing like ideas and shit for the album and i was like you know i've been in touch with ron dude like how cool would that be if we got him on a song you know and you yeah. were totally into it and yeah, and cool. bro i i'm i remember hearing your solo and i i i got welled up i was like oh we we listened to well, it probably I, 300 I remember times when that happened <laughs> yeah I, I i remember we were like having a party at like this house that we lived at like in santa cruz like at least joel and i we like yeah. we, we lived in the same apartment and it was like it was like oh shit the email just came in everyone <laughs> shut up shut like up. turn the music off <laughs> yeah, turn the yeah. music off and it was just like turn it on and we were just like Dude, it was like the most. It was one of those moments where, yeah. like, it, we, I mean, obviously, we were yeah. expecting it to be 
it you was know, beyond good. expectation. Way, it was but like it blew us away, dude. I was like, how could this even be? I don't know. Yeah. I just remember writing a solo and I was like, this is such a cool, cool thing to, to write a solo over. It just worked. Everything about it just worked, you know? Well, dude, that's, I, I think that's so fucking cool that you're saying that, dude. And the fact that, yeah, it's one of your favorite guests. Dude, I'm, I'm going to sleep. Beyond happy honor. tonight guys <laughs> i mean i would say i would say it is probably my my favorite guest solo that i've done really wow Jesus. that's fucking God. cool dude yeah, it was... and it's and it's on our album guys <laughs> yeah I've, i have one gripe about the solo is that i jumped to the guitar and then like they're like hey joel you want to do jars and solo live and i was like god <laughs> i had to like I had to fucking, and we I, did it no i did i i had to like do like a very simplified version of it because i was like i'm not that insane how did you do all the harmonies and all that stuff i know there was no harmonies it was just me just like getting through the solo because we wanted we we liked the song so much and obviously like you know you were on it and it was just all these things you're like we got to play that live somehow and i was like i was looking at the actual lead guitar player like how are you gonna do that and he's like you're doing that i'm not doing that and i was like like, all right i sat there just for like weeks just trying to get like a a dumb version of it down where it's like a a very simplified version of what you were doing because I was like, I don't even. You actually sent us the tabs, by the way, too. Oh, really? You, wow. Yeah, I think you, you sent us the yeah. music to it. We yeah. have it. And we still have it. Yeah. yeah, we still have it. And uh, yeah, back I was with like, Watchtower, I had a uh, I had a Digitech preamp, I remember, and I would because on Control, I did a lot of uh, harmonies and stuff on there. And I used to have a pedal that I would hit. You know, I remember on Made Aid Kiev, I had I had to hit it like thirteen times <laughs> while I was playing the solo and stuff. But that was the norm, the normal thing that I did. And, um, you know, if y'all, if y'all want to talk about, you know, blotted science, I know we're going to end up talking about that a little bit, but oh, I remember we had, yeah. we, uh, we had that rehearsal and I remember, you know, the whole thing about blotted science possibly playing live. I didn't know how we were going to do that get another guitar player or whatever, but that's mm-hmm. always something that I think guitar players go through is, you know, when they record something on the, in the studio, you know, you can add so many layers and everything like that. But when it comes to the live part about it, and and I remember at that rehearsal, I was like, damn it, am I going to, you know, tap it with my foot or have a switch on my guitar to, to activate all these harmonies and stuff like that? And I remember I was kind of flipping out about it. But, uh, yeah, with Watchtower, it was just, uh, you know, hit that pedal, cut it off, different harmony, different interval. And I would just keep going on and on, and all my solos on that, on the whole Control album, I just had them all, all lined up, and I just did all those harmonies like that, you know. Crazy. That's but insane. yeah, yeah. That's sorry cool. about that. Whoever had to work all that stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was well, like the most like, like like anxiety-ridden moments of my life. Were like. All right, we're playing the song. We're like, we're getting, you know, we're getting uh, to the solo part, and the whole. But by the time the song starts, I'm just thinking about the solo. Like, exactly. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, fuck, this is not gonna be a thing I can do. So I just, yeah. So I had to, did like we I play said, it more than it once live? We did. Yeah, we played it probably, I don't know, five or six times, something like yeah, that. But, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, I was trying to do an ode to you, but it's like I'm, you know, a quarter of the level of your guitar playing. So oh. I was like, I was like, geez, but we, we loved that song so much. We, that's why we, we threw to. it in, in the set. Mm. Yeah. It's a great song too. Thanks. Dude. Uh, yeah. You guys probably don't know this whole story, but before blotted science, I, I really didn't listen to, to death metal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, 
blotted science started after uh, spastic ink fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if fell apart is the right word, but when it was over, you know, and I wanted to combine to, to form blotted science. I wanted to combine, you know, me, which from the, the technical, uh, you know, proggy kind of metal thing. And then I wanted to get, you know, heavier side. And so, of course, that would be death metal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, uh, you know, Alex came from that. And then originally we had, we had uh, Chris Adler. That's right. From, That's yeah, right. Yeah. God. Uh, how did you link up with Alex? Like, how was that connection made? Yeah, somebody asked me about this before. And from what I remember, I had a student that was friends with Alex. And, uh, you know, Cannibal Corpse, you know, I was real scary for me. I grew up with scorpions and UFO. And, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, you're into the whole death metal thing. But I just really wasn't really, you know, that wasn't my thing. Yeah. But uh, when I when I wanted to, you know, get blotted science going, you know, it's like, he was like the perfect dude, you know, to, to do, you know, he's Mr. Cannibal Corpse. Right. You know, and I remember I saw a video of, of, of those guys that was on a, a DVD, uh, Wretched Spawn mm-hmm. was, uh, and they have this song on there called Frantic Disembowelment. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if y'all have seen that video. Yep, I have. But holy shit. Them in the I recording mean, studio, saw- right? Yeah, I saw that video and I was like, I got to get this, dude. I don't care if I'm scared of him or whatever. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so, that's so funny. But uh, yeah, I uh, I hooked up with him through uh, through MySpace, believe it or not, somehow. Right. And then that student of mine, his name was Axel. He kind of said, hey, yeah, you got to talk to Alex. He's a... Uh, he's a uh, you know super cool guy. And, and I was right. like, oh, are you sure? And... <laughs> I remember I was at lessons and this was uh, like the early 90s and somebody brought in a Cannibal Corpse cassette for me to figure out a song. And it was the, the Eaten Alive or something. What's the name oh, of that? Eating Back to Life. Yeah. And I remember the song that stood up to me. Was, it was called Bloody Chunks. <laughs> and I was like, your mom's letting you listen to this Right. That's like a that's like a common misconception, you know. Most death metal guys you meet are chill, cool guys. Well the main thing with that though is like with with the with Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that, like we we are pretty open to watching a horror movie. You know, it's like it's a normal normal the norm to watch a a horror movie, a scary movie. They just did that like with music. You know, it's it's a horror movie, but music. It's not like we actually want to kill you. You know, it's like it's like Slasher telling a scary story like through yeah. an aggressive style of music. So now like, and once you know like all those guys and, and see where it comes from, they're like the nicest people on earth. Yeah, <laughs> Alex is a sweetheart. Yeah. Alex is yeah, a I, sweetheart. Every time I met him, he was great. Yeah, and I went over to Alex's place one time, you know, when we did that temple rehearsal and he had these two little cute little dogs. <laughs> yeah. You know, and him and his wife, Alex, petting their little dogs and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is the bloody chunks guy. <laughs> you know, but uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. Back to the story. I, uh, you know, I had to get a hold of some guys to do this. Uh, you know, to do this blotted science thing, and so, you know, Alex, Alex was like like the perfect guy to do it. But when when I did that, I had to start listening to death metal. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I hadn't I hadn't done that before, and so I bought like you know, four or five uh, Cannibal Corpse CDs and just started listening to it. And 
you know, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, you know, the, the cookie monster stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh no no offense Anthony, but, <laughs> okay. but uh but, oh, good, yeah. good. but when uh when we did the blotted science stuff then it's like you know then i was getting some people you know death metal fans and i was thinking i got to get more into this death metal stuff you know mm-hmm. and then it came up this is what i'm where i'm headed with this then i started getting asked to play guest solos on on, on death metal bands Right. And I'm like, fuck, I'm just not used to this stuff, yeah. you know, because the reason I got into it was because I wanted to make another band that combined, you know, proggy techie stuff with with death metal. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when I started getting more into the death metal stuff. But before Blotted Science, I was not into death metal at all. It just just wasn't part of my, you know, what I listened to at that right. time. But yeah, then I was just getting so many. uh uh, you know, opportunities to play on, on death metal bands, you know, as guest solos and stuff like that. And it was just, just kind of strange. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I remember talking to Alex about, you know, I'd be listening to, uh, you know, the Cannibal Corpse songs. And I was like, when Pat is picking that fast, is he playing triplet 16th or what is he playing? And I was like, <laughs> I think he's just playing as fast as he can. <laughs> yeah. You know, the tremolo picking, I didn't know. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, you know, with me, it's all, you know, timed out and structured and everything. And, uh, you know, I had to learn all of that stuff about death metal, you know, blast beats and, and all of that kind of thing like that was, was, was pretty new to me. And again, before blotted science, I just didn't really listen to that stuff. That's wild, dude. Yeah. But, but, but from the death metal, I learned that, you know, the musicianship that those guys, you know, it's, it's just unreal. You, you guys, you know, anybody watching, watch the Cannibal Corpse video, Frantic Disembowelment. It's going to blow your socks off. Hell it's yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Definitely. And Alex definitely shows his uh, virtuoso as a bass player on the blotted records. He really shines through and says, it, oh, I mean, obviously so with Cannibal, he, he is a great player. But I'm saying, yeah. like, stepping out of that that brutal cannibal yeah. corpse style into the blotted science and really mm-hmm. having his own voice on those blotted records it's really yeah. really really brought him up further for me as as a bass he's player a pro- he's a prog nerd though he's you can tell like alex is into the prog you can definitely see like just from talking to him and just understanding his style like he's definitely he's maybe was prog when he was a kid he's maybe going back to it now you don't know but like uh mm-hmm. he was definitely kind of he writes a lot of that like the frantic disembowelment he might have wrote that like he, write, he writes he like a did, lot yeah. of the yeah a lot of the cannibal stuff that's crazy it's like who wrote that it's fucking alex the bass player you know what i mean like he's, he's the steve harris of cannibal basically <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know it i don't know if he's had any solos on any cannibal corpse uh, cds but yeah on on the first blotted science cd he has uh he has a solo God, i don't remember the name of the song but I mean, he's got a little bass feature on that thing, and then on on the EP on vermicular asphyxiation, he has a he has a real bass solo um, on on that song, and I thought that was kind of you know kind of cool to to put that on there. Nice. Definitely, definitely. I mean, for you, like, so with death metal, like the farthest that you kind of got was was it maybe Cannibal and stuff like that? Was that kind of where you 
got your palette and that you're like understanding the scene or did you go any farther into the because they've got you know, obviously like every genre goes a little crazier and crazier and crazier did you ever dive deep like we had a someone asking about you know what's your influences on the technical death metal scene because there's like a technical death metal genre where it's like based on going as bananas as you can and, and making all mm -hmm. the odd time signatures and stuff like that and you can do and um have you really dived in besides cannibal that's a good question. Back then, I was listening to other stuff. I remember uh, Derek Roddy. Um, what oh, was yeah. his band? Uh, Hate, or no, Hate Eternal? Yeah, oh. Hate Eternal. Yeah. yeah, because he when Chris Adler uh, didn't work out, mainly because of Lamb of God was, you know, coming up, touring with Metallica and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Derek Roddy was the next guy that that we were, were uh, looking in. And so I, you know, listened to... Uh, some of Derek, Derek Roddy's stuff and the guy was just so accurate with his, his blast beats and everything like that. And right. yeah, you just gotta say, damn, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, with Derek, we uh, just had some communication issues and it just, he just wasn't the right, right guy for the gig. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and Char Charlie came in a little bit later. Yeah. So how'd that, how'd that come about? Yeah, Charlie's from the whole octopus, right? What's that? Yeah. The whole yeah, octopus. I saw, yeah. Well, what I did was like, from what I remember was I put up a uh, REM, the song REM from um, from the Machinations album. I put up a, I think this is what happened, but I, I remember I had people sending me drum tracks to that song. And I think Charlie did that one and I, I liked it. But I remember I did see him play in Austin at, at Emo's. And uh, it just knocked my socks off. Uh, Disrhythmy yeah. was an, another band that I saw at that same club. I yeah, saw that same that same yep. uh, tour. Yep. We, yeah. we went and saw that, and yeah, that. I always say this: it's a uh, it was for six. It was a six dollar cover charge for that show. Six dollars to yeah. get in, and it was dollar Paps beer. So I got to see Disrhythmia and Behold the Octopus and drink ten Paps. Wow. For sixteen dollars, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's a deal. Yeah, that's like my right there. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bieber and uh Colin Marston, I think is his name. Yep. Have you seen that guy on that stick? War guitar or yeah, it's the chat yeah. stick. Oh, oh yeah, yeah dude. He's sick. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've had someone on here that grew up with him too, and he was just yeah, he was just always been one of those guys that's just been pushing things to the next level, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's just crazy. insane. Yeah. Well, seeing Colin play the war guitar shit too, I had never seen that instrument previous to Behold the Octopus. And uh -huh. that was hypnotizing, dude, watching that guy. Yeah, he's crazy. Hey, is Tony Levin. Is yeah. that the same in, in King Crimson? Is that Tony Levin? It's pretty, yeah. 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 It's, I think it's pretty yeah, much. I wasn't really too, I mean, I was familiar with like the King Crimson music, but I never really watched any live footage or anything. Uh -huh. And same thing with like Chapman. The Chapman stick. I'd, yeah, Chapman. It's basically the same stuff. thing. I think it's the same thing, right? I think. I think no. it's like just. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. They're, I think it's just the low strings. Kind of thing, so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. the finger tapping technique, but I think the war guitar is like. It's a brand. It of looks Chapman like it's stick, like, like it's like a a guitar and a bass together. That's what almost, Chapman right? stick is too. It's the same. Mm. Thing. It's like I think it's the a Chapman's, brand of the a, Chapman's like kind of small. Like oh, it's more of a guitar. You're talking about like sitting like this, like kind of more. Yeah, the fret or is not vertical. 
a Chapman fretboard seems more similar to just a regular, maybe a six or seven string bass guitar fret neck. Yeah, the first time I heard that uh, was a song called Elephant Talk by King Crimson. Uh, they yeah, came on, sure. it was like a uh, yeah. Saturday Night Special or something like that. But I remember I saw that tapping, it was pretty pretty freaky dude yeah i wanted i want if i had money i would just buy a war guitar just to have that on the wall because it looks like a sick art piece dude yeah. i'll never yeah, learn how to play it. on that thing though it's just crazy it's wicked That's dude nuts. it's insane yeah i mean he takes over like lead guitar on it and goes to tap mm -hmm. bass stuff on it and like he's all over the place mm -hmm. with it. it's just mm -hmm. definitely pushing the boundaries i wish are they doing it are they a band anymore like the whole dark bus isn't he um uh, i don't know like yeah charlie Prowlis? got out charlie, oh, charlie got, got out, out when uh yeah. pretty soon after we did the blotted science thing mm -hmm. i think and, that uh, colin's yeah. got it like that one black metal weird project that he's got it's called like kralis or something like that oh yeah okay k-r-a-l-l-i-c-e definitely definitely so all right um we were at blotted science though okay so yeah here it goes go ahead no i was just gonna say uh, <laughs> when so where we left I'll off wait. was just ask me just ask me just go <laughs> no i wanted to save that one for later dude all right but hey you want to be asked it sounds like it's, so. it's coming up all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do it when are we gonna see some more blotted science material oh, okay here's the thing Alex came into town with Cannibal a couple of months ago, and you know we were talking about it a little bit. And um, there's there is a possibility that we would do another one, but right now we don't have plans, um, you know, to to do another one. But um, we did have some songs written. Hannes wrote four or five songs. I wrote four songs. Uh, Webster wrote a song, two song, one or two songs, but. Yeah, we had material ready for another CD, and it just wasn't uh, just because various things. It just wasn't coming together, you know, the old musical differences kind of thing. And mm -hmm. then Hannes ended up using his songs on his solo CD called, I think it's called Apathemia or something like that. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, the songs that he wrote for, for Blight, this was like four or five years ago, the songs that he wrote for blotted science he ended up using he, he reworked them and added vocals and stuff like that but he uh yeah he released those songs for, on his solo cd mm -hmm. and then i have four of the songs that i wrote for the third blotted science uh cd and i released one of them uh called what is it phonetically inconsistent velocities entwined five f-i-v-e yeah i released that but i have three more songs but um when alex and i were, were talking a couple of months ago he said that if we if we did write another blooded science cd we'd, we'd start fresh you know we wouldn't use the you know those three songs that i ha had written before and he actually recorded bass on another one of those songs too but uh it's not like you know i get along great with alex you know musically we work together very, very well and uh you know, it's a possibility, but I think just for both both of us, it has to just move up on our on our list of priorities. Mm -hmm. You know, with whatever we're doing, right? And you know, right now I'm just kind of, you know, I've been doing this app thing for a while. I've been working on putting this tutorial together for the last two months or so. You know, it's just what I want to do at this time, 
yeah. and I have another uh, solo CD that I want to do. Oh, killer. that's been in the works for about four or five years. But there, there could be another blotted science. But I think just we'd have to just move it up on our on our priority list of, of what mm -hmm. we're doing. I do have a question, actually, and this might be my lack of research, but I do remember that you posted um, a clip of an instructional video coming out. Did that ever get released? I remember like seeing you, uh, there was like a clip of it talking about like, I, f I forget exactly what you're talking about, yeah. but it was something about the circle, some circle of something. Yeah, the circle of back then. What yeah, yeah. happened with that was I was going to have a DVD. I was going to have three DVDs. And... Um, I just figured out I was pretty much, um, you know, focusing on that was my main focus for probably about two years. And, you know, this is when people just, they're not buying DVDs anymore. You know, okay. I just kind of figured out how much money it would take me to, to print up all the copies for the different territories and everything. And it's, you know, it's a select audience too. You know, it's not like a, you know, a Metallica CD or DVD that everybody's going to buy. This is a select uh, you know, number of people that are going to be into this kind of stuff. And I figured, you know, it's going to cost me about, I figured it'd be about six or $7,000, you know, just to get the DVDs printed up. Mm -hmm, and if yeah. people aren't buying this stuff anymore, then, then I was like, I might as well just kind of release it, you know, just digitally on the net. Mm -hmm. And so I released a couple of the uh, things like that. But after a while, I was just like, screw this. And so I just put the whole thing up on the net. I just said, yeah. screw it. I'll just take the loss because I didn't want to, you know, I wanted more people to check it out too. And, uh, but that one was called dissecting bugs. That's where I took apart all the songs on the animation of entomology, the, the second blotted science, the EP. And I spent so much time on that thing. And, you know, I planned to do all this big DVD and everything like that, but it was just not, it was just not the thing to do to, to have all those costs and everything and just have nobody buying DVDs. They just want to watch it on YouTube yeah. and, and do that kind of thing like that. But, um, you know, where that is headed is that I have a lot of, a lot of material that I want to put out there, but I don't know if I should put it out in a book, if I should try mm -hmm. to get like a Patreon kind of a thing, if I should get a Twitch account, you know, but there's so many things that I want to get out, you know, about writing tools and and different things like that. So, uh, so far, I've just come up with trying to do apps. You know, right now, that's what I'm doing with that. But I think I might do a book. I don't I don't know if I'm going to end up doing a book or not. That'd be but amazing uh, I got to get this stuff out somehow. And I just don't know what outlet I should uh, go with to do that. But yeah, I was right. thinking DVDs for a while, but it's just people aren't buying physical well, it's, yeah. like, it's one of those things too i mean um you know uh you know you re-released incomplete on vinyl uh -huh. plug right here but uh it's one of the i don't there you have go. A, i don't have a i don't have a record player really i, I really use you know <laughs> hey but i got I, yeah so i mean but the thing out. is though, I, I needed i needed it for my cult like to be like in my house i needed it to be like you know to be on my wall it's i had to take yeah. it down for this yeah um it's, well, you it's know what? Be the, you go ahead. The, uh, the promo that I made for that where I'm talking about it and did all that Star Wars thing and all that stupid stuff, mm -hmm. the, the record player that I put that the needle on, I had to borrow that from my wife's parents. <laughs> 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 I don't 
don't, I don't even have a turntable. You know, I don't have it anymore. But yeah, you know, it's those the the thing about those vinyls. It's just so cool to have it though. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and and on the spastic ink things that I did, I wrote up, uh, you know, on the inner sleeve, I wrote the whole story of, of you know, I did how see the, that. the first incomplete happened, and then you know when incompatible when things were falling apart, and you just don't do that anymore with you know all this downloading and everything. And I know I'm all old school and no fart and all this kind of stuff. Hey, but I'm gonna say that we're actually old school. Well, at least me too. I still buy physical copies of CDs yeah. of bands that I want to support if i could buy it straight from them that's the way i'm gonna do it yeah. and and same thing with like dvds too if i would have been one of the guys that would have even though you would have been taking your loss i would have owned one of those dvds that's i'm not, not even a guitar player that's what i was saying that he said he released it digital and i was like my my joke that i was coming up by putting that that i don't even have a record player but i have the record mm -hmm. would be something funny like uh like release the the instructional dvd or whatever instructional video on laser disc or something you know like i think that would like it'd be like no one's got a fucking laser disc but they want to like have the yeah you want to check it out yeah yeah now like, put something cool like what you said like you wrote some stuff that's really cool in it or like include something like because cassettes are coming back all of a sudden people are buying cassettes out all the time it's like Weird, right? yeah, yeah literally bands are releasing albums and they have a like a brand new cassette with it it's like Hmm. It'd be kind of a funny move. I mean, for Ron I kind Carson, of want to kind of funny. Like, I think it would make sense. Like, be kind of. It's like you know, with all the technological jokes and stuff, and all the music and stuff, just to give them a laser disc. Yeah, well, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> you uh, know? the new ones that we're we're now doing that the same company, Alone Records, we're doing the the Blotted Science, both of the Blotted Science. We're going to have more vinyl of that, and mm -hmm. I guess we're going to have some more crazy splatter. Yes, nice. you know something nice. else crazy on that, and then we're also doing. Uh, my solo CD, solitarily speaking, of theoretical confinement, that's going to come out on vinyl too. But, oh, awesome. but what's kind of sucking about that whole thing is I specifically wrote that that CD to you know to be on a CD because it's got forty five tracks. Mm -hmm. You know, and so when you put it on an album, you know, I'm not going to have on one side. It's not going to have twenty two, you know, separate songs where you can put the needle on. You know. Yeah. And so I'm having to pair up songs and do all this kind of weird stuff like that. But, you know, it's going to be oh, cool yeah. to see it on the huge thing, you know, and and yeah, uh, yeah we're going to have to do some crazy stuff with that vinyl, too. As an artist, seeing your a record like our the recent Odious that release that we did came out on vinyl, too. And yeah, it's it's something special to be like, oh, dude, dude, our music is is uh etched into this yeah material i just had an I, idea yeah bands yeah because just... you can make a cd you can make your own cd you can run stuff on a cassette but to make it on vinyl mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know that's process. the real thing yeah what, right? what were you gonna say casey dude bands should just release like those plaques like with the vinyl and the whole thing oh, yeah. just bands should sell those because no one like is gonna put that's it out that's a good like, idea like a poster but it's the vinyl with all the sick shit. It looks all dope. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. thought of that, dude. I was feeling off that. When I think of vinyl, I think of like that scene in Star Wars where they drop down into the canal and they're they're going around. But I'm like, there's all these ebbs, uh, these like ups and downs going on. I'm like, that's what the needle must be like 
running along this this canal that's inside yeah. the vinyl and it's pressed in a in such a way that my shitty death metal growls are in there somewhere. Have you seen then, the, the close-ups of those grooves on the albums? Oh yeah, the like microscopic grooves. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy looking stuff. It's, yeah. That's that's the shit that trips me out, dude. Just yeah. like and and how um, infinite the possibilities with with the final too, because anything can be pressed into it. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do with these new releases, but we're right in the middle of it right now. You know, I'm getting the graphics all together and everything. So I don't, I don't know how many months it's going to be, but it's, it's definitely going to happen. So we're going to have Alone Records is going to have both Blotted Science uh, CDs on vinyl and Solitarily Speaking will be on vinyl too. And I got to get some oh. cool shirts. I got to yeah, shirts. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I'll own all the shirts. Get all oh. the shirts and I'll buy all the shirts, dude. And then the bug, bug, uh, blotted science one, and then the skull shirt, too. Probably will get that, too. That should be kind of cool. Yeah. And the second you announced the, like I said, pre pod, that you announced the, the vinyl, I was like, well, that's insane. To me, that was because I mean, how pretty much how Spastic King came into our lives was my brother. My brother mm -hmm. was like, oh, let me, uh, you want to check out something crazy. And I remember seeing the, the cover of it and be like okay what's this what's going on because i was like into the death tones i was into like you know i was, I was yeah. 15 or 16 years old and um he's like this is the craziest music i ever heard and um uh, i was so i always held had it in my back pocket as like when someone's like oh this is the craziest stuff ever and i'm like no it's not this is <laughs> i mean <laughs> and so like i remember casey and, and i met casey and stuff when i was probably i was 20 or 19 something like that and um it was kind of a a little bit, you know, when we're younger, it's kind of a pissing contest of trying to find, you know, what's the coolest thing or the craziest thing. And uh, I just would that would just be the one. I'm like, all right, we'll check out my uh, my the one that's like locked and loaded. Here we go. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right, and right. I remember like Casey's like, what the fuck? What the hell is it? My brother Andres showed it to me. He's like, this is the most insane music that's been made so far. And I was like, and then and I, I looked up to him in a lot of, you know, respects before that, too, with with influences and stuff like that. So I took it very seriously when he said that. And because um, I was just getting into death metal, I remember it was like mm -hmm. just starting to get into it. And he's already been into it since it started. He was like one of the early 90s, late 80s kind of guys that were just way into it, like pretty early on. And he was like, check this out. It was like basically like bestowing. He was like knighting me <laughs> like, <laughs> with like the craziest music that he's heard. And uh, I remember uh, Casey and the whole our whole group of friends and stuff were all about the most progressive, crazy shit we could find. And uh, yeah. That was my that was my my bomb on everyone. Just like boom, check this out. <laughs> and that's wow. kind of how it kind of like great. infected our group a little bit. Was my through my brother. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Oh, go go for it, Casey. Sorry. I was gonna say, and then it, then it turned into us being like obsessed with cacophony, and of course Jason Becker and Marty mm -hmm. Friedman and Paul Gilbert and all the Racer X and all that kind of stuff. Shred and like, started but, spreading. But I was always just like, yeah, but dude, Jars and Beck's the best. Like, like I mean. And like I don't know, dude. Like so ahead of the time, solitary, like, dude. I I dude, solitary, dude. I like listen to that so much, and like I was like li listening to it a bunch, like recently, just going like it was like taking me back like twenty years, like like you know, as I used to be. I used to have the CDs and stuff, and and I was like, dude, like oh my god, like minor else and my, all that stuff, like dude, like got the runs, I got the run, dude, got just like that. Oh, it's my favorite, dude, and like and. I just wanted to say, like, I, I have so much respect for you, and it was super cool how, how you like 
you you played with Marty Friedman, right? You mm-hmm. did like that, that tour. Yeah, I did two tours with Marty. I did the Europe. Blew um, my mind, dude. So sick. First, we did a West Coast one that was called the Guitar Revolution Tour. That was with oh, okay. Chris yeah. Poland. Did a thing called Ohm, and then Alex Skolnick had a uh, his own trio. Oh, that's and right. Then, and then we went to a couple years later. That was in 2003, I think. And then in 2007, we did a Europe uh, thing, and then Japan. And there was the Exhibit A and Exhibit B. That's CD right. CD and DVD that happened from that. Okay, right. And uh, yeah, that was the end of that. That was it. You know, what kind of sucked about that whole Marty Friedman thing? Oh, we're on three now. Hang on, I got to stand up. Oh, we're, all over the we're, we're changing. It's like a time signature. We're changing it constantly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of sucked about the Marty Friedman thing was that you know I was hoping that was going to evolve into something else, you know. But uh, yeah, it just didn't go there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was cool, you know, doing the whole the whole Marty Friedman thing those uh, videos on youtube are like insane dude you guys are playing all the like dragon's kiss stuff like perfectly yeah. How, yeah, was, how was it learning that stuff i mean probably yeah it was weird the, the way i got the gig was my manager at the time he told me that marty was looking for a for a guitar player and stuff and so i recorded uh you know i, I played my parts the second guitar parts on and i sent it to him i think it was an mp3 it might have been a cassette at the time but uh yeah he dug it and everything and then set up the uh the tour and we were and we were off but you know then i got marty to he did a guest solo on this uh on incompatible he played on a song called acronym that was oh, yeah. kind of cool that he did that i didn't even know that mm-hmm. i remember that right is it, is easter it, egg yeah I knew that. yeah so that that was a pretty cool experience with marty but yeah it was that was all it was so it didn't evolve into any other writing or anything like that yeah so marty's just all about trying to find like the best guitar players ever just to play with like he's got well, the guy that he has right now jordan ziff he uh he plays like marty and they're they're a really good team yeah interesting and then marty in his band now he has um he has a girl bass player uh from japan she's just unbelievable yeah she's unbelievable and then uh he's got a drummer I think his name is Chargy or something like that. But there, there's something else to watch. His, his solo band is really, really good. Definitely. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, your brother and stuff jamming, I didn't even know. So, Ralph, I didn't even know he was like a part of the, I just know, you know, you and Bobby. He's part of Parrot. Yeah, Tarrant. Tarrant, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys should have sold, see if it was like 2022 and that came out, you guys should have sold like Tarrant cards. And then oh like, yeah, that'd have been like your yeah, like little. Because nowadays you have to think outside the box. Like, what am I gonna people? Like my I, my, I got a card that's 2020, no CD player. It's like they don't even include a CD player with a card now. It's like yeah. those are extinct technology now. So to mm-hmm. like to to somehow sell something is like you have to find like vinyl is the thing. Like it's and and with after the pandemic and stuff, like it's all still like so f- hard to get it like takes eight months to order it and get it now like if you're gonna do like a an order of vinyl like it's still behind on things i wonder so. if there's a record player that that uh is made for playing it in the car well check Jesus. this out when when i was a kid there was a a record store and they had the record player mounted like on the wall trip what the yeah hell? and i don't and they would put the needle and it would play like it was was you know it wasn't flat well, yeah, I don't know how that thing did that, but yeah, they did that. It was 
That's it's good. That's another cool art piece to have a war guitar and then a, a record player playing a record on the next to it. Yeah, that's yeah. like one. I mean, it's almost going to go back backwards technology where remember like when you had the CD players, like the portable CD players that had like anti skip. Mm -hmm. like, so it was going to be like the like the vinyl with anti skip. <laughs> like it's <laughs> right. going like, to be like, hey, you can drive in your car and go off road. It'll like the needle will stay there. I don't know, but uh, just like yeah, probably not. The needle's <laughs> super sensitive. I'm sure it would never work. But I just thought that would be hilarious if you saw a guy like changing his record at a stoplight. <laughs> You know? <laughs> no. just get a ticket like oh, i changed i was changing my record dude fumbling <laughs> like like the the sleeves and all that shit dude <laughs> trying to drink his coffee jesus yeah you know we're talking about uh you know blotted science if we were to have another cd and i always i want to have something else other than just than just what this you know what we're kind of talking about is something else other than just the recordings you know Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'd be able to incorporate, you know, like an app into a song or something like that. You know, now it's the vinyl, some crazy vinyl. There's got to be some other cool things to do with releases, you know, with technology. Now there's got to be more, yeah, be more, more cool things, you know, comic books or something. There's got to be more cool yeah. things to do. I think the app was a good idea. That's a great idea. The app was yeah. like, a, that was pretty ahead of its time. Cause I remember saying like Jars and released an app like what if you have, a, what if you had an app like, that could like dissect the songs and you can move sections around and reconfigure like you could buy an album uh, upload it to your app your and then you could like cut it up and and make your own yeah. versions of the album somehow well the multi-tracking apps that i have right now you can select different parts you know that you want to be played okay and um but yeah i was working on some apps that were games too and I mm -hmm. haven't really, you know, kind of focused too much on that because I'm doing this other, uh, you know, tools and composing app that I'm that I'm just releasing right now. But yeah, if I could have some games or something like that that could create tunes. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about because I'm a father of three. I'm like all of those like apps can can help them learn the language. Mm -hmm. You know. I feel like you could score like anything, Ron. Like you could score a movie, like a TV show, a video game, like scored by Ron Jarzimek. Score, like, oh, score this yeah. episode. Score this episode. It's like Danny Elfman. I'd be like as interested, dude. If it was like scored by Ron Jarzimek, I'd be like, dude. It's like make a riff about like us talking, like our cadence yeah. and our talking, like, in, like one riff of that. <laughs> yeah, well, there was a guy that was doing bird calls. David Bagsby was his name. He was taking bird calls and he was making a making songs out of them too Jesus. yeah that's some crazy stuff. it's crazy the timing of that stuff you know uh what's that uh german drummer jesus he drummed with uh he actually did necrophagus marco one, marco miniman, no, marco miniman. Yeah, yeah that one where he takes the samples and yeah just, i like, saw that yeah starts jamming over and he's like this one's actually pretty crazy it's in 17 and 18 you know it's like like we'll figure it out like it's all counts it out and like just cadence of voice and people talking and that's i mean you were obviously doing this a long time ago but as far as like understanding how much like if putting time signatures to conversation it gets pretty hectic you know right right well the the um second spastic ink cd incompatible it starts off where we're playing along with that modem i don't know if y'all know that yeah but when you yeah when you yeah. play it first it's the modem then we're playing it you can sync them up it's it's the exact same kind of 
I, I noticed. I definitely noticed that, and it, it it's yeah. It also threw me back to being a teenager trying to get on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You had to dial in. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. now the kids hear that. I'm like, what is that? Right. <laughs> That's how um, you have to get on the internet. Yeah. So to talk about incompatible a little bit. So let's talk about your decision to add vocals to Spastic Inc. And also yeah. a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the computer references throughout the, yeah. uh, do we used to crack up? Oh, it's a computer. Yeah. Some people hate <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. dude, we would love that. I love that. I dude. We would laugh at it. Yeah, no, yeah. I wanted uh, I wanted the the CD to be based on computers. It was you know two K or whatever, and yeah. there was so many computer related things, all the the uh, backwards masking and all that stuff. And I just figured there was no way for me to, you know, to talk about the songs without without having lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know a lot of people they they wanted Spastic Ink to to stay instrumental. But just for me to to say what I wanted to say on that album, I just I had to have lyrics. Yeah. And Jason came in and did a great job. And you know what? Check it out. One one thing that's kind of cool about the vinyl releases of the Spastic Ink, the Incompatible, was I I retook that picture, that cover picture that's on there. Mm-hmm. I dug up. If you look at the CD, the graphic on there, it's real grainy looking and everything. Right. And so I dug up the the PC board from from 2003 or whatever it was, you know, 19 years ago. Crazy. And I retook the picture for that for the vinyl of that. And I remember I was I was out on my yard, you know, trying to get the sun, you know, to reflect it the same way. And you can you can hardly tell, but it's a it's a totally re, retaken picture of Trip. of that that PC board with all the the, the ink blots all on it. Yeah, Damn. I want to uh, real quick. I was when I was saying earlier about laughing. I'm not laughing at his vocals. I love the vocals. I was laughing at the samples in that one song. Oh yeah. Um, but no, I I for it, me I I love instrumental music and I love vocalists and I love wide ranges of vocals too. Yeah. So it it was totally natural and and worked really well with the album for me. I, mm-hmm. but I mean. For people, it's to each their own type deal. But some of the, and also the music on Incompatible, there's some really, really wild sections of that album that are almost more wild than Incomplete, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that was though when when everything was kind of falling apart. When, you know, because we wrote uh, Incomplete in the, in the mid-90s. And then incompatible was the early 2000 by this time bobby was in halford Mm -hmm. bobby joined halford in 2000 and Mm -hmm. so he really wasn't you know he moved to california pretty pretty soon after that so yeah i kind of had to put all of that stuff together myself but it was cool because that was right when the internet was kicking in and i remember one of the first guys that was on the net was jens johansson ingvay's keyboard player Mm -hmm. and we were emailing back and forth and I was like, I couldn't even imagine getting that guy to play on a spastic ink song. And, and I got him, you know, it's just like us. It's like us. It's like us. Yeah. It's like us getting you to play. It's like, we were like, he's like, he's going to send an email see what happens. Like, you know, I was like, well, cool. That'd be amazing if it happens, but it's not going to probably happen. And then, you know, and happens. 
<laughs> cool. But uh, asking the universe. No, but uh, but yeah, Jen, he he played on there, and I couldn't believe I got the guy to play on on the album. And he was so cool about it, and uh, you know some of the other players that are on there, they were great players and everything. But if you uh, read the liners on the on the vinyl version of that, it's like it was like there was the core was gone. You know, Bobby yeah. and Pete were just doing other things, and I wanted to hang on to the whole Spastic Ink thing. I had, I had SpasticInc.com, you know, mm -hmm. and and you know, registered and all that kind of stuff, and I just wanted to keep it going. But after having to to get all those players and stuff to to complete those songs, yeah, yeah, whoever says yeah, yeah, Johannes, yeah, the album with Holdsworth is crazy. Jesus, mechanic something. But uh, yeah, yeah, when when Pete took off, uh, you know, he was busy with Riot and Bobby was going with Halford. I was like, I got to do something else. And that was 2004. And then that's when Blotted Science came came into play. Mm -hmm. How did how did Bobby hook up with freaking like, you know, with Halford? Yeah, Halford. I was going to say Holdsworth again. Halford. Um, how did he that yeah. was actually through my old manager, the guy that got me the his name's Chris, Swiss Chris. He got me the Marty gig. He put my name in the hat for that, and he put Bobby's name in the hat for for Halford. Yeah. And, uh, at that time, Halford had uh, Pat Blackman, I think his name was, and uh, Mike. Uh, I forgot. It's it's, it's, a, it's a Polak guy like myself. I don't know his last name. Yeah. But yeah, they had the band intact and everything, and uh, they they did lose. Uh, Pat quit after one. I was like, God, it would have been so cool if I'd have been playing with Bobby. You know, in Halford, but it, yeah. just, it just never. Jesus, my name was never in the hat for that. But that would have been so cool. Oh, hell I mean, yeah, so for you, like, because you're such a, you know, I mean, honestly, it's one of the best. I mean, when people mention their favorite guitar players, the most crazy guitar players, your name is always thrown out there, like with Holdsworth and all the most insane guitar players. Have like, as far as you getting, you said name in the hat and stuff, like. Has there been any other projects where it's been like your name's in the hat for something like big and it didn't work out or like, because it seems like you should, your name should always be in the hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, it should just stay in the hat. Just stay in the hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think just for me, I've always kind of been, been running things, you know, Spastic Inc. When, you know, Bobby and Pete were out of the picture, I was, you know, I was like the, you know, the, the main guy that was putting it all together. And then with Blotted Science, you know, I was the main guy, you know, putting all the tracks together, production and everything, all the graphics, you know, just doing that. And I was just kind of focused on, on, you know, doing my own thing, I think. And, um, yeah, I probably, you know, should have, you know, tried to get in some other kind of things. But I think I was just so focused on, on doing all of that kind of stuff like that, just, you know, being the you know, the, the big dog, you know, that was just in control of everything. Yeah. That's what the I was mad doing. Scientist. Yeah. But, but I think, yeah, you know, I should have probably, you know, tried to, to focus in on getting in other bands, but you know, the thing about Marty Friedman was, you know, that was probably the biggest, uh, you know, artist that I've been associated with, but I just didn't have a lot of say in hardly anything. And I'm just, mm. I'm just not used to not that. Not used to it. Yeah. No, that's not, I like, you know, it kind of sucks, but I like, I like running things. I like being the guy that's, you know, that's calling everything. I don't think it yeah. sucks. I, I don't think it sucks at all because I mean, there's so many great brains that 
have to be at the helm of the ship. Yeah. Just have to, it has to be that way. And, and so, yeah, I could see how you would feel. Oh, I'm totally a fish out of water in this situation because this is how I've been working with music my whole life. And mm-hmm. now I got somebody else telling me what to do. It definitely would be. Well, a- well there was a time when we were doing the Japan thing, you know, Marty's a pretty big, very big yeah. celebrity in Japan. He's kicking yep. ass. You know, he's like, a, you know, he's, speak not the language. Exactly. He's, yeah. he's like, yeah, he's a celebrity over there. And I remember we were, they wanted to play this song. And I remember Chris Cotero, the bass player was saying, he's like, Hey, Marty wants to do this song. And, and I listened to it. It was some rap song or something, a real popular song. And I was like, I want to play some fucking rap song. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine fucking jars and beat or jars and beat. Jars and making jars and beat. Dude. I think you that's could his, probably like that's his beat if, name. If you like, focus on, like the, the fucking crazy like weird noises you can make behind like a you know like uh-huh. just like whatever let's get with the te- like the popular music now and be like now you just got me thinking of the word the wordplay thing you could you could yeah i mean but you have to have actually you have your heart invested into it but this this one's for warbreaker sorry i guess get it out of my head dude uh bars and beats bars and beats bars and beats dude rapping bars over beats dude no, but yeah, I mean, that I makes was... a lot of sense, though. It's like uh, we had um, Christian Moonzier, who's, you know, with Hannes and Grossman, yeah. they're like, they're like really good friends and stuff. And um, and and Christian also, we were talking about this guy, Phil uh, Togus, I can't pronounce his last name, from another wow. prolific musician from uh, Montreal. Wow. Um, they were very similar, when we, you know, like having one interview to the next. And I was like, you guys should be like in a band together. They've done projects together. And they're like, no, we're we're too captains of the ship and yeah. it's not worth and they, he knew it right away like he knew that it could fuck with friendship he knew he like he's like i'm just don't want to be like butting yeah. heads with anyone so I, as much as it like sounds cool to as a fan for me like to actually get them together to do something it's it's going to be two strong personalities of you know music personalities going like no it should be this way it should be this way and um yeah so i could see how that you know you understand well, I could, yeah i could imagine the stuff that me and marty could have come up with you know but it mm-hmm. it never got to that point at all mm-hmm. it was just you know but you know back to the rap song it's like if i didn't want to play it it's like i had to play the song yeah you know because yeah. it's, it's his band and he was making the calls and we and luckily we didn't end up playing it i was I just about to what, ask you did you actually have no, to do it oh okay no but uh yeah but some of the a you lot have to of practice are, it no no it was just something that we listened to and it just this was decided that we didn't uh we weren't gonna play it I was all right like, Thank god <laughs> you know <laughs> so all right um i want to i was I, now i forget where i was gonna go you guys threw me off with the rap shit and i'm thinking about I'm rap. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. No, I wanted to take it back to something. It may have been... Oh, yeah, okay. So we were talking DVDs and tutorials and all that stuff. I do own your brother's DVD. Uh-huh. That's a fun one. Those yeah, two cool songs in there, I was really excited. Cancer, yeah. Peppered Cancer. Oh, yeah, dude. in school. Yeah. Is it the other one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So oh, yeah, those, I had that shit right. It came out. I was telling everybody about it. And that literally yeah. was like Love the coolest shit. thing about that DVD for me was like, oh, dude, there's like basically two other spastic songs on here. It was it was in the similar spastic vein, you know, but I it was just you and him. There was no bass on those tracks, if I remember right. Um, 
might have been just programming. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, there was like were those like? My, on, oh no, go ahead. Sorry. No, on my solo CDs, like on solitarily speaking, I played bass on that. But I mm -hmm. think on that, I might have just did pro. I don't know. I think it was pro, just bass programming. Were they yeah. were, were they written for that, or were they like some, you know, tossed off spastic material that you didn't make well, it on the, the album? Song, we ended up using school, and maybe it was peppered cancer. We used it uh, when we did the Japan uh, incomplete, uh, no, incompatible release. They wanted a bonus song, and we didn't mm -hmm. have one, and oh. so we ended up taking. Um, I think it was pepper cancer yeah. <clears throat> but we ended up taking that and i added some you know just changed it up so that would be a little bit more spastic inky mm -hmm. and uh, we named it a quick fix but we we included that on the japanese version of, of incompatible sick so, i gotta check that out i uh yeah I that was the, that. so that was yeah, the vinyl seen, release yeah it's on the vinyl uh-huh killer but bobby i seen some uh some drum instructors or something there you know how they have all these people they're playing the video and then they commented on it and stuff i think bobby's um peppered cancer is one of the most popular or very popular one where people just take apart and just you know all the symbols in the back of the oh screen. yeah dude i mean that that is oh, yeah, a dude. very entertaining it, it, i'm not a i'm not a musician i can sit mm -hmm. down and and jam out to like acdc back in black or something mm -hmm. but when you sit and watch yeah. your brother play and how his how his technique is something also we were recently talking about Sean Reiner, but mm -hmm. those two guys for me all each have their own unique techniques and styles that I don't see in any other player. Like your brother's the way he he kind of hunches over his kit in there, like not really hunches, but like he it seems like he's like he's is he tall? How tall is you? How tall are you guys? We're about the same height, but one thing that changed with Bobby's playing was that he used to play, you know, hi-hat with his right hand and then, you know, hit the snare with his with his left like this. And I remember when he started doing this, hi-hat left, mm -hmm. you know, Casey, you probably would help me out on this, you know, the yeah. advantages of that. But I, I think, think he even he, talks about it in the open video, too. It's, it's open-handed. Open-handed, yeah. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, when right. he started doing that, I think it opened up a lot of things for him. Mm -hmm. But, you know... You guys probably haven't heard this story, but when Bobby recorded Incomplete, he was punching himself in with his foot while he was playing, while he was recording the parts. Wait, Whoa. What? This, was back, this is back in the dark ages, you know, when, you know, we recorded on a, on a cassette, you know, master four track cassette. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I had to go to lessons and stuff and I couldn't be, you know, I had to teach and stuff. And he was in a, you know, in the, in the back uh, recording area back there. And I set it up to where he had his hi, his hi-hat, you know, where he, and the and the punch-in was right next to it. So he's playing like this and punching himself in, you know, with, the, with his foot. Wow, dude. <laughs> God. You know, nowadays you just set the recording when you want to punch in and out on your, you know, on your timeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, back then we had to, we had to hit a, a, a physical you know pedal to go in and out and he was doing that while he was recording those songs yeah easy. i was gonna say just another thing that he another thing that he would have to pay attention to all through all of what he had to pay attention to playing those songs dude mm -hmm. i've i've seen pictures with, of bobby like back in the day with you guys like with some like sheets printed out Did oh he, yeah like... he's doing that okay 
Yeah, yeah. Casey does that. Yeah, days, Casey. Uh, yeah, he's, he's still reading all that stuff and doing all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sick. God. So yeah, and then I was gonna say your parents. I was gonna say your parents. Like, so did, were you raised like music? Were they playing? Were they in like symphonies and stuff? Like, I mean, you guys seem like you're so <laughs> ahead no, dad, of like the curve. Right. Yeah, dad was a great whistler. That was about it. Oh yeah, yeah I got good. my dad's a good whistler a mom, too. Mom made uh, some pretty good cakes, but nothing. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Nothing with music. Dad's a great builder. Worked his ass off. He's, he's still working. He's, he's like 80. Oh, he's shit, dude. 5, 86. He still That's his wild. Ass off. He's, he has badass. But uh, yeah, no music, nothing really with those two. Dad whistling and playing the radio. That was that was, that was was pretty much all he did. There's an up-and-comer. Whistling vibrato, though. He had that good, you know, that dad yeah. whistling vibrato. Yeah, the Andy Griffith. Dad whistling vibrato, Star Wars and yeah, that Fairman thing probably could do that, too. Who knows? But, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he's something That's, else. It's just crazy to hear, like, Chris Beattie. He was our last uh, episode. A shout out to Christopher Beattie. Did our theme, uh-huh. our theme song. Um, both his parents were really musically inclined. And then he started playing, too. But... I, I totally thought I was going to get that same kind of thing from you. Like mm-hmm. you were going to end up saying your dad was some, you know, sick jazz guitar player and your well, mom. He worked at a, a refinery and, and uh, oh, that's, that's what he did. He built a lot of stuff. That's where I get, you know, I build my own guitars and everything. Of course, dad taught me all, a lot of that stuff. You know, that's, that's where I learned, learned from my dad. It's- it's crazy that our first episode where there's not like a, a family member or a brother or you know or brother or friend or something that got someone into the the style of music that they're into like influencing them huge like it's Ron Jarzembek that had nothing <laughs> and he's the one that like well he had his the, brothers yeah yeah his yeah. brothers but I'm saying like just as far as like you know like a basis in music and then like yeah we took this and then we went on to this it was like my dad's Hard worker, my mom makes cakes, and I'm a mad scientist now. <laughs> yeah, mom made a meat uh, chicken fried steak, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what's up. Now we're talking, dude. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, up. man. That's cool. So, um, oh, man, I'm losing myself on this fucking episode. And if y'all, y'all are going to ask, is there, if y'all are gonna ask, is there going to be another spastic ink? I thought that might come up that... The chance of that are so so low. Here's the truth, Ron. We start the episode and then I just fucking keep talking, or you yeah. keep checking well, me. Listen, it's like <laughs> I don't have any notes in front of me. I yeah, you know. I had something to say. So I I think it's cool, like you like ha- having your influence to death metal musicians and then coming in with your own thing into death metal. That's like so rare with like so many like shred guitar players that we have like look like. To us, you're like, you know, a god of, of like guitar, you know, like back in the day. And like, I don't know, it's like, it's super cool. Like, um, like, like, spas- so, so like when I heard all this, like, you know, necrophages and spawn of possession and like bands coming out that are like, like the most maximum kind of like technical kind of style, um, I was like, dude, imagine if it had like, you know, spastic ink, like drums and like Bobby Jarzenbeck, like crazy and then Ron, like shredding over that. And then, here comes plotted science you know mm. so yeah so it was kind of well, like i uh i saw something that was they uh printed up of a mixture of bands or something like that that worked and and blotted science was on there and i thought that was the coolest thing you know that that they said yeah you, you know took this technical guy 
and you know combined it with a death metal guy and it was the project that did work it only lasted you know for an album and a half but yeah we were one of the bands that they said where you we took that combination and made it made it work and i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool you know, there's something on, there's list. something about a band in this extreme style of music that can um harness the groove the technicality and the you know catchiness mm -hmm. the listenable aspects of this extreme music and mm -hmm. and that really is what blotted science was for me was like the groove aspects of this very technical crazy music it like the like alex is alex just pulls you right in with the he's that underbelly that just like backbone yeah that backbone i mean i shouldn't just say alex too the rhythm section itself but like the groove in the rhythm section mm -hmm. with such complexity at the same time it, it was that was why i think blotted science was so in, in, in so much of an impact for you guys and me you guys more because you guys were musicians like um that was th yeah that's basically the impact that i got from it was like oh they they cracked the code on taking technicality and making it groovy yeah you know? i like that word groove i like that a lot and the the song that kind of got me to where you know i wanted to have Chris Adler in the whole thing was laid to rest where he did that, you know, the, the, yep. the, the Lamb of God. you know, it's a real groovy thing, but he's throwing in some cool things, but the groove is totally. coming first. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's what makes us want to move. Yeah. That's what makes that's, us want to dance or bang your head or do whatever. It's the groove, dude. Yeah. And so that a lot of the songs on machinations, they were written with, with Chris Adler in mind just because, I like the guy's groove, but he does throw in some, you know, little crazy things here and there, but the groove comes first. And you know what? The, uh, the drummer, uh, Jeff Eber, that, that's on Incompatible, he's playing a couple of songs on there. As crazy as that guy is with dysrhythmia, when I saw him in Austin, I knew he could play the song when he was grooving. Yeah. As crazy as that sound, he's, he's unbelievable with time signatures and everything. But he was just doing some crazy shit and just grooving. It was just grooving. Because we would, when we were looking for, or when I was looking for a drummer for, for Incompatible, I had some guys sending me some crazy kind of, you know, quintuplets and stuff like that. It just was not grooving. You know, it just mm. wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And and then I heard a, a technical guy grooving, and that's like, that's, that's who needs to be playing these songs. Right. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Yeah, that's Jeff Bieber. That was from, from Dysrhythmia. And Bobby's the same way too. Bobby grooves like a mofo. Oh, Jesus. Oh, hell yeah. 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 I mean, I mean yeah, that was like spastic was like the prog groove mm -hmm. for me. And then Blot of Science is the tech death groove band, yeah. you know? Yeah, Charlie, you know, when Charlie came into uh, to Blotted Science on the song uh, EEG Tracings, he I remember he was doing the solo section and I told him, dude, just do some flipping three over four, five over four, something like that. And anyways, on the solo section, he did his own thing. And I wrote my solo based on on his drum part. And he was he was just coasting along. I was like, dude, this is so cool. But the solo on that song, it just varies and does some weird swaying kind of things. And Charlie Charlie was the one, he probably should get credit for uh, 
for setting up my solo that I did on that song. But yeah, if you look up, yeah, EEG tracings on it, listen to the solo section with all this cool stuff that Charlie's doing on that. All right. And, uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, he uh, he did a great. Yeah, and the thing with Charlie is, you know, somebody might say, why wasn't he on the second CD? And the, the reason he's not on the second CD is because he was just too, too, too versatile. Mm-hmm. He was, mm-hmm. you know, when we were trying to, you know, work out parts and stuff and everything, you know, I had to listen to death metal stuff. And, you know, he was probably checking it out, too. And he was just playing so many different things. You know, in, in Blighted Science, we needed a real, you know, you know, just kind of based in, in death metal, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of a, of a background and stuff. And Charlie had a little bit of that. But, uh, but yeah, he did a great job on machinations, though. But for, uh, for animation, we just kind of thought that we should uh, go in a different direction. But, yeah, Charlie did an amazing job on, on machinations. I definitely have a question about, I mean, it's in the okay. chat, so it's something I don't know, but uh, this this question about, did you, you did a... Oh, I love that song. Oh, I don't even know about this. Terrestrial oh, Terrestrial Exile. Exile? Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a that was an adventure. That would happen when, when Watchtower toured, I don't know if it was the Kit Festival or Bang Your Head or one of those, but, you know, we're hanging out with Chris, and Hannes was there. And uh, we just wanted to do a song, and so we wrote it. Me and Chris wrote a song. Oh, actually, Hannes wrote wrote the intro for that song too. And we just wanted to to put a song together, and so we did. And we had to call it something. <laughs> you know, we just couldn't say the song by these four two four dudes. <laughs> Pete played on it too, and we just called it Terrest- "Terrestrial Exiled." And um, that was a cool thing to do. But that's all it was. It was one song. And it was a pretty cool song. It's, I thought it was a little bit over the top, actually. And I could uh, see, I could see Christian like because we've had him on the podcast too, and I'm pretty. You're definitely an influence, a huge influence on him. Like I could see him going like, "All right, I got to go fucking huge for like with uh with Ron here. I got to go like next level because it's you know Ron." Well, our, we did some trade offs on that thing, and it was really cool because you could totally tell who was who. Yeah, you know, not not just our sounds, but just our playing and everything. And I thought that was really cool that we kind of we kind of complimented each other pretty good on that song. But yeah, that's all it was—one song, and then and then we were out. That was the end of it. Damn. So the band's called Terrestrial Exiled. And Terrestrial you can look it up. Exiled. It, actually, the working title for that was Alien Planet. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of made it a little bit more fancy sounding with Terrestrial Exiled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely, it's a little more uh, interesting. But uh, so, um, actually, one of our good friends in here has a question about uh, control and resistance. So, what shout out David Siskin. David Siskin. Um, he, what's your uh, the, the musically and lyrically like? What was the the whole genre? I don't know. I say genre too much, but <laughs> um, like, what was the whole feel? <laughs> just genres, like my easy like genre, like just say it out as like a generalization. But uh. What was like the, you know, the influence for that? For control and resistance. Yeah. Well, we uh, we we had always said it was a, a mixture of Russian Metallica. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know the the Watchtower guys had never listened to anything really heavier than than Metallica. I mean, Doug and Rick they don't even like you know Pantera and stuff like that. 
True. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Control and Resistance was very, you know, rush heavy. The song Fall of Reason. Um, that mm-hmm. was real rush heavy, all those chords that Billy put together for that. And um, yeah, Rush Rush meets Metallica is what we used to always say. The first album was more thrashy, mm-hmm. you know, but there was so many different time signature changes and stuff like that on Control, you know, versus Energetic. Right. Energetic was a badass album, but there's oh, a lot yeah. of songs on that are all 4-4. Yeah, I, I actually, my uncle's into the older hard rock and metal and shit and i showed him energetic energetic disassembly and he mm-hmm. was fucking rocking out dude but then you Great can album. just tell then you can just tell like all of a sudden now he's been brought into a different dimension with control and resistance and it doesn't compute you know like the software well, isn't very, there yeah they're very different albums yeah yeah, the energetic is so much more thrashy than than control. Um, but yeah, I, I dig both albums. Man. Oh, totally, dude. I dig yeah. both of them too. And and we were talking groove. There, there's a lot of groove on energetic, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of groove in control and resistance too. But mm-hmm. yeah, gro- Rick, yeah, Rick's playing on both albums is just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah so I, I've I've heard I've heard some. Um, like mythological things about you and one of them was <laughs> this is like an old thing I've, i know it's just, we talk about you dude we're nerds we've been all about you for like 20 30 years um but uh about taking like um the one the one myth was i don't know if it's a myth that's what, that's what i'm asking taking a like a song or a score or something like a like let's say like uh like doing the bambi thing and then taking it and then flipping it backwards and then doing oh, yeah 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 that's that's one thing i i heard that you did I never actually got confirmation on that. And then writing like riffs upon that backwards. Yeah. On blotted science, the adenosine uh, buildup and then adenosine breakdown that those two songs are, are backwards. Jeez. Yeah. If you play one of them, they're the exact same time length, but if you take the right channel of one song, and put it backwards on the other song you know listen to it on headphones it's the same thing this side's backwards and this is forwards mm. and if you do that the other way too it'll be yeah but those two songs are, ba- are backwards and forwards yeah because the, the concept with that is that there's some you know the identity i think that's how you pronounce it you know something builds up in your head and then when you go to sleep then it's released or something like that i don't remember it True. But uh, that's that's how it you know it's a backwards forwards process, and so that's what we did with the song, you know. Um, oh, that's a great question. Was it was it written? For, which one was written first? Mm. I think I wrote wrote both tunes kind of at the same time and made sure that they sounded cool backwards. Trip. So, what's your process of 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 taking a song? Are you just writing the music out and then flipping it, or are you using a a computer program to do that so it's easier like how do you i think take... probably back then computers were around and mm-hmm. i could just kind of you know hit the reverse and hear what it's not but if it was uh if it was way back when with cassettes i'd have to take a four track tape you know record it and then flip it and then it would be backwards god mm-hmm. wow yeah it's yeah. still so ahead of its time and people are going to start doing that 
uh, I feel like it's gonna be like a normal thing soon. But like hearing well, that story, now it's, so, it's so easy to do now. It's so easy. Just, yeah, you go on the menu and hit it reverse. But back then <laughs> yeah. it was cassette tapes, and you know you could only do that on a multi-track cassette too. You couldn't do it on a regular cassette tape. Yeah. But yeah, that stuff was so much fun when I did my first uh, the CD. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Is that how it's pronounced? That kind of hurt a little bit. <laughs> no, dude. I, I actually, I actually try it all the time. Whenever yeah. I'm listening pronounced. to it, I like try it at least once, and then it, my it feels weird, like my my lips. Yeah, start. it kind of yeah fizzes a little bit. To the people but, that uh, don't know, it's, it's like it's like p p p f f t t. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. P H H H P. Um, but yeah, basically anybody <laughs> trying to mimic an elephant noise, that's the name of that. Yeah. Album. <laughs> yeah. But back then, yeah, I did some backward stuff. It, even on control and resistance, when we did that, that was in the nineties or 89, yeah, 89, 90. We had to take the tape on the song life cycles. There's some backwards things on there and, you know, I'm doing the harmonies on the left and right channel. And then the backwards one is in the middle. And mm -hmm. we had to flip the tape back then because we didn't have a computer to do yeah. that with, you know, in 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 89. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I remember, you know, we would just, you know, we flipped the tape over and then we sent it back, you know, to the to the other machine. And it was just like at random, <laughs> you know, we'd leave a little space there. And then I was going to, you know, then I would record the left and right thing. And I remember I would. You know, they ran off a two track on a cassette and then I would take it, you know, in the in the rooms during the night. And then I would, you know, write the, the, the harmony parts to it and then I would record it the next day. But, man, we just flew that backwards stuff in, you know, and yeah, that's, that's, that's such a how good I idea. did it. Yeah, the life cycle solo, if you check it out on Control, Damn. that's how we did that one. That was, that was a lot of fun. How, how'd you guys party? Did you guys do any weed or anything uh, like that? No, was there was a... That was in Berlin, and there was a place across the uh, a street where we had lasagna and stuff, and <laughs> I forgot who did it, but somebody put weed in some brownies or something. Yeah. <laughs> and did I remember you... Rick ate him, and he was like like just dozing for, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who did that, but yeah, I remember that. But no, we were we were good. You know, we, we did our work and stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, we we had a job to do, you know. Right. But uh, it yeah, just nowadays, sounds like that, that that those those ideas and all that stuff just for us it would I, it would be like us really high at Casey's house or something like, <laughs> dude, if we flip this over, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I heard the Beatles. Stoners. I heard the Beatles with John Lennon. They would take a the Master Two Track tape and they would cut out little windows in the tape and then they would they would put them in different places and stuff and the tracks would run you know mm, the, the eight tracks would run like this and the mm. different different audio would appear would appear because they took it in a different place you know yeah. now if you, now if you did that with computers you would just take you know the little bit of the file and put it over here yeah it's all but back yeah. then it was so primitive you know but that's what they uh yeah where they're literally cutting stuff. things with razor blades and yeah 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 I mean, to elaborate on all that stuff, like what David actually has, pretty funny question, but it's, I feel like it's kind of warranted. Well, it's kind um, of a Frank Zappa question, too. Yeah, it's like, so, no. I mean, no, nothing. Because it seems like you're like, no, so basically the question for the listeners is, he's old, no acid ever, no, no, like psychedelics. It seems like that you're, you're at such psychedelic 
trippy ideas of what you were doing that it it works with a psychedelic brain dude yeah yeah well i gotta tell you my my extent of drug use this is it and i'm not kidding or anything Mm -hmm. when i was in high school a little bit of peer pressure i smoked pot for about a month (laughs) and then after that month you were watching were you watching bugs bunny at the time though at least or something like probably probably yeah, that's my extent that I've, I've had with drugs. Now, when I gig with my Rush tribute band, I I have quite a bit of Goldschlager shots. But there you go. Yeah, yeah. But that's about it. Yeah, the reason the reason I stopped smoking weed because I would be in my first class at school. I'd, I'd smoke pot with these two guys, mm-hmm. and uh, on the way to school, and yeah. I'd be sitting there in class like this, and I'd be dozing off, all dopey eyed and shit. <laughs> and I had these redneck guys. I went to school. They were cool, but they were they would come up in front of me and they would go. Oh, they start fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. be going like this, and I just got <laughs> tired of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I just didn't want to be known as as the the pot guy. Right. Yep. You know, and I just didn't dig it. And I would come home, and my my uh, blue uh, sweater thing that I used to wear would smell like weed. And I know that my mom knew I was smoking pot, and I just didn't dig it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't like it that thing? you know I would be, would would be known as the pothead in the high school, and so that's it. Yeah, and and you, you, I mean, your vice is the music, dude. You know, like that's the true drug for you well, is the playing and the writing. Well, the drug for me is uh, it came around with the with YYZ from Rush when mm-hmm. they did the Morse Code, and that mm. that uh that was such a big impact on me. Just taking numbers and lines and. And making notes out of that kind of stuff that was just huge right you know the fact that you can do that then we started you know watchtower started using phone numbers to write songs and then you know and just, it's all still there and that's yeah with you currently today and that's fucking killer dude like, like yeah. i love hearing that so much right now totally. it like literally it, it there's only a few things or there's more, probably more than that, but I'm just saying there's like these main things that have stuck with you throughout your whole career so far. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, Bugs Bunny and patterns and, and that's kind of what, what just drives me. And I like playing around with notes. You yeah. Know, that's just kind of, that's, that's awesome. just kind of what I, what I like doing, but yeah, no drugs, go schlager. And again, the mad scientist thing that Joel was saying, like that is you in the lab, just like, fucking with shit and just fucking let, yeah. let's see what happens when i put this shit together uh-huh. that's yeah that's dude, like frank that. zappa dude you know it's like you know oh frank zappa was out of yeah I'm not, yeah that's kind of going overboard frank but zappa you know he was a coffee and cigarettes guy he no drinking yeah. no drugs yeah. if you were in his band and you were caught doing drugs he'd fire you wow yeah i guess steve he, i didn't do any drugs when he was with Zappa. <laughs> no you hit it pretty well if you did yeah. yeah you know but that like zappa is the dude that would be in his basement for 16 hours a day you know mm-hmm. not seeing his kids for months and stuff and that's why he has how many records he put out before he died over 80. wow shit. yeah i didn't yeah. know that yeah, it's dude. Only it's second, a, only second place to Buckethead, though yeah Buckethead. <laughs> Buckethead <laughs> is <laughs> fucking insane what is he over 500 I think it's like 400 and something albums now. Like well, he had some, some series called Pike or something. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a student that was a real big, uh, but, and he said he would come out with an album every week. Yeah. 
no it was for like years you'd have like fuck probably a 30 albums a year or something like that like just yeah. dropping constantly you know it's crazy Jeez. well that yeah, means you know i've been i've been releasing uh some digital singles i did um we have control the federation i yep. did a, a couple of other, the ink panther yep. she brought in me with science and uh yeah, I'm she just kidding, with science. Dude, I I was listening to all of them this week. Yeah, so yeah, good. and and the reason that. I'm re releasing those is because I take I probably I take too long. You know, I'm too picky with stuff, and I just wanted to get a couple of tunes out there so people know that I'm still doing shit. You know, right on. Yeah, and we were very excited when they every time they came out, dude. That because you know. Good. But that's the thing is like with a, a guy like you, I will patiently wait. I already probably mentioned it in the show. I will patiently wait for anything you want. You can have all the time in the world just as long as I get a little Jarzom back every now and then, dude. Well, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm hoping. I think I think next for me would be uh, the solo CD, and it's probably picking up where Solitarily Speaking left off. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. Might have to do another blotted science. I don't know. Yeah, dude. You know, you just might. Uh, you just might have to. You got three, all of us waiting. Three gigantic <laughs> votes right now, and everybody in the chat is probably you, like, "Yes, if, yes, 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 yes." If you need a drummer, dude, you know, I'll do it for free. Hey, we, we were talking about before. Did we have any kind of contact with? We, with I think us we were talking together. What was that? Yeah, I don't know. I think we we're talking way back. Yeah. Um, you you ended up talking. You guys ended up going back and forth because of you know the solo i think you were the one who was sending him all the like was it power tab or guitar pro well, it was power tab at the time ron I, i'd like to sh like show you this new project we did like there's like a lot of beats in it that like i, I just finished this project up in oakland uh -huh. these guys recorded it's actually the same engineer who did cryptic like 12 years you know mm -hmm. aspect mm -hmm. um but it, like it's like it's like prog rock stuff it's all clean singing and stuff it's all realm is her new project singing yeah <laughs> i know hey, hey, I'm, not hey, but, I'm not i'm not in the band no no what I'm, what I'm saying <laughs> what i'm saying is all, all the like there's like a lot of like influence for sure of spastic ink for me like, really that's badass and, and the drums so yeah man i'm a big fan you're gonna send it my way so i can check yes. it out or? oh yeah for sure yeah yes. we're getting constant like updates from the yeah. studio like the mixings and stuff like that so that's it's coming good. it's fun yeah yeah, you know, this whole this whole app thing, the app that I have, you know, just coming out this week, that's it's been pretty uh it's been my focus for, for a while. You know, How do people get a hold of it, by the way? I would like to promote it. How do people get a hold of your app when it comes out? How well, can the they app, find it? It's called Abstract Clock Tracks. Okay. Kind of a kind of a crazy title. But um, yeah, I've I've submitted it to both the app store and and to Google. And uh, I'm, I think it's on the app store right now, but it's, I don't know when Google's going to have it up, All but right. uh, yeah, it's out there. As, as soon as it's on Google, I'm going to, you know, release the tutorial and everything because uh, right now I'm not saying too much about it because, uh, oh yeah, that's good right there. <laughs> Did you just do that right now? Yeah. Yeah. I had to. I just typed it. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> clock tracks is two words. So it's ACT. Shit. And but that <laughs> that was it. quick, dude. That was quick. That's right. But uh yeah, so the acronym for it is ACT, and this is the first one. So if it's a happening thing, you know, I'll do act one and then act two. Um I fucking but, love um, all that, dude. The word play that you we keep talking about. Like, I want to know, like, did you 
write poetry or no the it... only lyrics i've ever done is for incompatible mm -hmm. but i like um you know i like playing around with words and everything like that but that's really the only only real lyrics though that i wrote that i wrote was did you take that same um mentality into the lyrics itself too is that like if people read the lyrics are they yeah, there's going some crazy stuff on there um the song just a little bit um god it's, it's a little that's a great song dude well did you did you check out the backwards uh, message on on multi-masking oh, fuck i mean if you check it out yeah you got to play it it's, it I'm sounds going so scary to. but i'm saying some funny shit all right. <laughs> it's talking about the what the verses are talking about, but it's talking about the peripherals on, I think that's how you say it, you know, on a computer, printers and hard drives and stuff like that. But the song, Just a Little Bit, has to do with ones and zeros. And everything in the lyrics has to do with yes and no, um, you know, just opposites. And the stuff dualities like of... Yeah, it's a lot of plays on words and stuff like that. It's not like, you know, Neil, Neil Peart where it's real, you know, intellectual and shit. It's just crazy right you know this means yes this there's one reference to the band yes uh there's a <laughs> reference to the song the ripper by judas priest you know just just Killer, crazy dude. stupid Great stuff song. like that but i love those types of easter eggs though you know like i yeah, i hide those in my lyrics as well you know just having well, things that well, even like i can't understand it like I can't understand it because you're fucking growling the whole time you said right. <laughs> I try and uh, I try and enunciate as much as I can. So you, if you are a seasoned ear to that noise of voice, then maybe you can decipher the words. I love. I mean, yeah. that's like kind of like part of the prog nerd shit that I love. It's like I'm a, such a prog guy that I love like finding out that a riff that a band did in the you know like track two they hint at it in track at the very end of the album or something like that. And it's kind mm -hmm. of like a, it just brings continuity to it. And you're like, Oh, when you find it's like putting it together and you know that like only a, a certain small number of people have put it together. It just feels like a, a deeper connection to a prog band. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I found this, you know, like, Oh, they're doing this. They're hinting at this from this other album, you know, like, are they mm -hmm. like showing something from like a, a previous like two albums ago they're like playing something to kind of hint at it or something again to kind of bring it back yeah. a little bit and then like that's mm -hmm. that's such the prog nerdery that i'm all about that's like what i love yeah you know if, if blotted science does another cd i want to have a cd that's not just like a bunch of individual songs you mm -hmm. know i want yeah i want some st crazy stuff like that you know of course you know i'm talking about you know 2112 and stuff like that yep but just where you have this one tune and in this one song, and then it appears in this form in this other song, you know, just so it's a whole, you know, combined collection. Yeah, like it all song, folds in on each other. Yeah, the song "A Sting Operation" on the on the animation, the Blotted Science EP, that song has twenty one different themes that are scattered around on that whole nine minute piece, but they're played in different forms and everything like that. It's a pretty cool. That it's one of the things I talked about. I wanted to put out either in the book or. You know, there's so many things like that that I want to get out there. I just got to figure out the right outlet. But but if Blotted Science does another CD, that's what I want the CD to be. I just I don't want just like little songs, you mm. know, a three minute song, a six minutes. You know, I want it all to be, you know, just some other. I don't want to say the word concept because that scares some people off. 
But so if Spastic started as an instrumental project and then you got a vocalist on the second album, uh, maybe Blotted Science needs a vocalist well, for the next album, oh, and maybe we Leo. Ooh, well, here's the thing. on on the the four songs that I wrote for the third Blotted Science. CD, I didn't I didn't want to have singing, whether it was clean, but I wanted to have a voice. You know, I guess kind of like, you know, kind of like the beginning of multi-masking. You know, singing comes in later, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I wanted to have some kind of voice come on and do some kind of stuff. And, but again, I don't know if that's what blotted science fans would want. Just one growl. Give me one growl. That's it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little like a guest, a guest growl. It was like <laughs> a quick little burp. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a, yeah. Me and, uh, you know, our friend, uh, Dan Kenny always jokes about like, hey, can I do a, a guest pinch harmonica? Pinch harmonica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah like one, like, cool. That's just like it. That's like, that's like yeah. That's, that you have to write him up in like the, the, you know, the, the album. Yeah, put him, on, put him in the, in the pamphlet. Just like, yeah, he, he squealed right here. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, after I get this uh, the solo CD, I'm probably going to have to call, uh, call Webster and say, hey, you know, is this something we might want to do? I know. You know that. It would be, you know, I'd get along great with alex every way musically and personally we get along great so i don't know i think there's yeah. a, a mass amount of people in the underground that would be very happy if that were to happen again yeah. dude and now that it's been marinating in the zeitgeist for as long as it has like it, it things are catching up now you know like yeah. talking to paul recently masvidal about cynic and how it took a decade or plus <laughs> for yeah. cynic to finally be a band that would be like have the the people ready for them you know so were now they with mashuga for a while mm -hmm. yeah, they did they when were. They, on their first one first couple of runs that they did when they reunited and did all that yeah, yeah it was Meshuggah. yeah you know what back then when that was happening Watchtower was, I forgot what year that was, but Watchtower was kind of talking, and I'm like, is this something that Watchtower could do? Yeah, and, probably could. Yeah, we I just kind I, of talked about it. And that EP yeah. is dope, dude. I really like that EP that you guys finally came back and yeah, the, the EP for me, it's kind of a you know, some people were talking about, you know, we released it. They're talking about, you know, we won the Super Bowl or something. I mean, I think it's good material, but the bottom line with that that album is that it's supposed to say mathematics. It's not supposed to say book concepts or whatever it is. What, what is it? I don't even know the name of it. But, you know, yeah. it's supposed to be 11 songs. It's supposed to be mathematics. Mm -hmm. And whenever, whenever, uh, oh, it's called Concepts of Math. Whenever I see that, that album it's you know and you know one thing that's kind of ridiculous about that ep is that there's only five songs on there there's an overture on there and the overture has some tunes in it that are in other songs that aren't even released yet mm. you know an overture is supposed to be you know like you're taking you know like 2112 again you know you're taking little bits from other songs that appear in this bigger piece right and on and on that math concepts thing, we have the overture on there. And yeah, there's there's other tunes that there's there's no reference for them or anything. And then there's also the last song on the on the uh, mathematics is supposed to be called summarization. 
there's supposed to be 11 songs on it and every letter for the the first letter of each song title it spells out mathematics mm. you know the last one is summarization um uh what is it m theory overture there's the size of matter is one of the t's you know but it's like so we have we released the first second third sixth and ninth song or something like that but yeah there's still six songs that are supposed to be on a full album called mathematics and whenever i see that album i just i'm just like you're we didn't a little bit super bowl it's like we we squeaked into the playoffs and won one game <laughs> you know we didn't it's that that album it's just it should be it should be a complete album and uh yeah, when I think about it, I just kind of get pissed off sometimes, you know, all yeah. the time, all the time I, that I, we spent on that album. For you know? now, hearing that story, I understand why you would be pissed off at that too. But just yeah. for you, step outside yourself just for a second and and sit in my seat and say, we got a new watchtower release, yeah. you know. So yeah. that was my excitement about it. Like, oh shit, fucking watchtower is about to put some new shit out and i bought i pre-ordered that i yeah. got i got the physical copy you know and i i enjoyed it but i didn't know that whole story yeah. behind it now you I know wanna... and then and then if it would come around to where we would would uh, finish recording those other six songs you know it's like what are we supposed to do now you know are we supposed to release another ep you know mm -hmm. And then people are going to get pissed off because they already bought the first one. And if we release, if we release the whole 11 song full CD album, you know, then they're going to say, I already bought five of these, you know, should I get a discount? And, you know, yeah, it's like I we, we release something that's incomplete, not incomplete, you know, like the cool CD stuff. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> not a play on that. But yeah, we released something that it Dude. shouldn't shouldn't have been released, but the, the overture should not have been on there. But I, it's a cool song, yeah. you know. But one of these days, if we do finish the songs, which probably is not going to happen just because of, you know, everybody's doing different things right now. But yeah, the mathematics, man, it's like that album was, the, you know, what's funny about it is Guns N' Roses, they released an album called Chinese Democracy or something like that. And yep. There was talk and stuff like in magazines about, you know, why are they taking so long? Why are they taking so long? And then, you know, I was saying, is Watchtower going to get mathematics done or is Guns N' Roses going to release the Chinese? And it's like they released that 15 years ago, you know? Yeah. It's bad. It's just so freaking sad. Uh, well, I mean, you guys could still do it as a second EP, and then maybe do yeah. like a, a release where you mix it all together. Yeah, like, where we combine it, like a yeah, like you know, a best of or something like that. But yeah, it would be cool if we got those other songs done. But yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I yeah. think a blotted science CD is way more possible. All right, all right. I like that. Other Watchtower, but you never know. Who knows? You've mentioned it like four or five times now, so I'm gonna I'm getting mm -hmm. excited now. I know. <laughs> I, I knew it was gonna come up. I knew it was gonna come up. So I've been kind of thinking, how am I gonna answer this? Yeah, yeah. This death metal show, of course, they're gonna talk about blotted. But actually, I'm. I mean, we've already mentioned it, but it was spastic first, dude. And spastic will always have. I'll always have a deep connection and place in my heart for that band, dude. Those two records 
I've listened to so many times. Dude. It's still so ahead of its time, and it was oh, yeah. recorded in the '90s. It's ahead of its time still. I think yeah. it's like still like, like that's what I'm saying. Coming out, yeah. It's like it's like how many years later? Like I I, I feel like it's still above so many of these instrumental. Not in, you know in, incomplete or incompatible wasn't instrumental, but the, these bands that are coming out that are all instrumental now. You know, like Polyphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Animals Leader is great, but like you know, it's oh, like. Yeah. But this was still like still the ideas in spastic ink were so alien you know like mm-hmm. to the time that it still holds water today like easy you know yeah, yeah I think that, go ahead no i was just gonna say i think that now like i just to reiterate is that i think that it's time for people to get some more jars on back so they can go back to the, all that and be like holy shit dude everybody's freaking out on all these guitar players now but look what what was really going on 20, 30 years ago. You know? Yeah, I'm an old fart. I don't know. Hey, Ron, do you say Jar Zombeck or Jar Zombeck? Jar Zombeck. Yeah. yeah. You say Zomb? Oh, you got it wrong. Okay. I thought, usually Anthony's wrong in his pronunciations, but I think you weren't wrong. here yet, bro. I checked with him before the uh, show. I've been trying my hardest every time I say it to say it like that. Hey, and you I know, probably... we, were, we were talking about adding vocals on instrumental. I wonder, like, if animals as leaders came out with their next album and they had vocals, can you imagine that? How many people they probably could they'll probably off? do they'll probably do it one of these days, you, you know, think like so? like maybe like album seven, like they're like, fuck it, let's just do something like that. I could see that it would be interesting, but I wonder right? how their fans would uh would they would think about that. I mean a, a trippy thing with them was like, you know, not to fuck re- reiterate, like, you know, we toured with them back in the day when they were brand new band and stuff like that and uh steve vi like you know steve vi i think of in the same class as like jars and steve vi you know like all the the shredders was there like i'm gonna check this out i'm gonna check this band out in hollywood he showed up there and was like and that's where they exploded when steve vi like got a hold of them there was like yeah this you know so like a, a, one instrumental band to another like i feel like it would be definitely a curveball that might depending on the vocalist, you know, like there's yeah. bands like periphery and stuff where the vocals to me are a little too busy over the busy music. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, there's a lot going on musically and then the vocals <laughs> come in and try to like battle it. And it just turns into like right. this, this big fight, Jesus, this big fight. Um, um, where, I mean, it's got to like work though. You know, I could see them doing like, cause now like they're humongous now. So I could see them getting in touch with whoever they want to get in touch with and be like, Hey, do you want to do uh, you know, like Bruce Dickinson on a fucking <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what kind of vocals would work over animals as leaders. You ever think about yeah. that? No, nah, I mean maybe like I mean for my brain, it would be like, like I don't know, like spiral architectures. I don't I have no idea like what would work hey, over let's, that. Let's but. tell let's tell Anthony to call it Tosin. Oh yeah. No, I can no. Yeah, let's just let's make it happen. Let's just let's get him on right now. <laughs> Anthony, call him. Anthony. <laughs> So dial one eight hundred Tosin. Yeah, that yeah. Say ask Tosin. You want to get some vocals? That's what he would probably say. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't know what would work over that because it's so instrument driven. It's really that'd be a yeah. He did leave a lot more space for for vocals. You know, I feel like it's so a lot of the voices with the guitar, like you know, singing with guitar is what that yeah. band is. Yeah. Yeah. And same with spastic and stuff. That would be like I mean, like incomplete and stuff. Like there's not. There is room for vocals on it and incomplete. Well, we but... could have changed the songs around, but the way they were, were recorded and everything, if you try to put vocals on that, the way the songs were, you know, written and recorded for that, yeah, that would have been it would have been too too messy. I think it would have been too much. Yeah. It just 
it gets to a certain point where like you know a prog band they're already like an instrumental prog band so they're already speaking yeah. you know yeah. vocals with their instrument and like then you add yeah. vocals on top of the speaking vocals and it, it just gets like matty way like the most so ron jars like that's jars on yeah. that is the uh most like gurgly like vocals he like he sounds like a, a like i don't know i'll explain matty way but it's like basically Good like bars, the most, maybe yeah yeah it's like a more Good like eccentric eccentric version most of that. guttural voice in our shit which would be yeah. hilarious to hear over yeah, I know what, remember on beavis and butthead when they had that uh, that episode <laughs> and and that they were listening to some some tune and then uh and then the vocals come in <clears throat> right like yeah. that and then beavis goes was that a bear Did you see that? <laughs> i think that was that more of an angel one yeah uh, yeah that was actually a, a way that we as youngins got introduced to the extreme stuff too as beavis and butthead yeah, yeah I used to watch that every night before I'd crash. I'd listen to be, uh, watch Beavis and Butthead. That was me so too. long ago. It was amazing. I, I mean, it still like holds water. Like my dad used to put it on. Like, all right, this is like stupid, but it's funny, so you, you can watch it too. <laughs> Aren't yeah. they gonna like reboot it? Aren't they gonna be? Well, they just made a movie, which actually Casey just saw. I was uh, so going it's to out? watch it. Too. Oh shit! It's on Par Paramount, whatever the new streaming used to be. CBS. Please wrote. tell me they're like in their. 40s and 50s no they're not it's like a oh really yeah yeah but they're, but, but they're gonna do like they start with the movie and then they're gonna do more like uh shows now they're gonna like i thought that they would huh. be like current day beavis and but the, re the reboot that they did do like about six or seven years ago was fucking hilarious where they were making fun of all the the reality tv stuff and watching like jersey shore instead of music videos and just uh. like making fun of the people on jersey shore <laughs> and like the one episode that still is actually maybe my favorite one was uh you know like all the vampire movies like oh like Twilight. the vampires get yeah. Yeah, the vampires get chicks so they want they wanted to get <laughs> chicks so they went they needed to get bit by some sort of a, yeah. a vampire so they found a bone <laughs> in, in the in the alleyway well, to bite them and they got like they got like hepatitis didn't C Dracula always have chicks though he was always kind of like a ladies man in all the yeah that's what, the that's, what that's what they're yeah. going off of they were like we need to get bit dude to get chicks. Like now we need to get bit by like a vampire or something to get chicks. <laughs> my, like, my favorite Beavis and Butthead uh, episode was that one time when they were they were carrying around this like trash can or something or some barrel or something, and they uh, they tapped into the sewer line and they had they were carrying around a bunch of shit, and they were trying to just they took it door to door and they were telling people that yeah. it was oil. <laughs> 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 they thought they struck oil, but they were just carrying sure, people's yes. shit around, dude. That's hilarious, dude. Oh, dude. my God. It's so good. Yeah. The 90s yeah. are the shit, guys. If you're young watching this, go back to the 90s. There's some cool shit that happened in those years, dude. An Easter egg, too, is uh, my dad went to Highland High School in New Mexico where Mike Judge went. So it's all based off oh, teachers. Wow. Yeah, with, like, the the you know the gym coach, the pissed-off gym coach, and... And the lesbian seagull guy, they're all teachers that he based it off of that my dad probably was there seven, eight years before him. But it's all based off Highland High School in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's all based off like things wow. he saw there or like a funny like guy, like the principal going, like, oh, hey, uh. it's all based <laughs> off like things that he saw at that high school. And then he, it's like, huh. yeah, it's all based off that. So it's wow. Yeah. Or the it's neighbor with the camper. Yeah, yeah. Off my camper. <laughs> like i mean king of the hill is all albuquerque based too it's like it's just a 
kind of a weird situation out there. That's a that's an interesting stace. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those South Park guys are pretty big Rush fans, from what I. Uh... Yep, yeah, Primus yeah. and Rush, and yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good thing to do right there. Yeah, we actually, me and Casey just saw um, Les Claypool just jam out the. It's called like the Bastard Jazz. Les Claypool's Bastard Jazz. It was so it's sick. Like, yeah, it's like him. It's like Les Claypool and the and Skerrick. He was he's that crazy uh, saxophone player, and uh, the drum. Who's the drummer? I have no idea. Who they don't. He was some uh, semi-famous guy, but they just went up there. It was yeah. the first show, and they they basically got together and just they just improvised, and it was wow. awesome. It was super. Well, I know fun. they did that farewell to Kings or uh, yeah, I saw that too. Tribute to Kings tour. Yep. Where they that played the farewell to Kings, I might be still doing that. It was the first set was like Primus hits and stuff like that. Then they then the, uh, you know intermission. Then it was Farewell to Kings. It was awesome. Oh, wow. It was great. Yeah, hmm. and you know they got the they got the Getty Lee and uh, Alex Lifeson blessing. They were like, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, do you know? It's like one of the most influential things for both those guys. But yeah, that was amazing to see. But wow, uh, I just yeah. saw some clips of it. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't Definitely. think Les was going to be singing that the, you know, Getty's range. Yeah, it yeah. was interesting. Definitely. Did he did he give it in the in the Claypool voice? Like no, it was I just d- lower, felt like a lower octave. Oh, okay. I know how's it hearing I'm just hearing like Jerry was a race car driver. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he just like talks like hey, I was taking it down. Like, my name, like, uh, my uh, name's Tom Sawyer. <laughs> no, I couldn't imagine Xanadu being sung with that Jerry race car driver voice. <laughs> right, yeah. To- I got one actually uh, final funny story that I've been messaged four times today to tell you. So when we we hung out in uh, San Antonio, it was on that tour. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two stories of this. One was, um, you know, the guitar player of the faceless was like, don't make sure that he doesn't watch me. I don't want him to watch me. I'm going to be like <laughs> super nervous. So I was like, I went up to you and I was like, hey, Ron, go up to him. Like walk up to him and just like cross your arms and then shake your head no and then walk away. <laughs> Are you talking about Michael Keane? Michael Keane, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. and, you, and you, you didn't. You were like, ah, oh, it's kind of fucked up. I'm not gonna do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't be do so it? funny. No, you didn't do it. Oh, it was, it was kind word. of a messed up request. <laughs> oh man, hey, didn't didn't y'all play Chill. that gig? The the bass player was out or something. Oh god, what I remember there was no bass player or something at that White Rabbit gig when Faceless played. Oh man, I have no idea. I was so, yeah. Was BG playing in the band? Brand, no, Brandon? it was. Uh, I think it was another guy. Jesus, he's gonna kill me if he's. All right, anyways. Yeah, I remember was... that gig, and I don't. I don't know if I actually talked to Michael or not. Yeah, yeah. He he found out you were there, and he was like, "Just make oh. sure he doesn't he doesn't watch me." Oh, <laughs> like, he was like so freaked. <laughs> he was so freaked out that you were there that his anxiety oh, was like over over the moon. And I was like, oh, "Dude," shit. I was like, "I was like, hey, Ron, go up to him." <laughs> yeah, I should have like, did no. that. but another another funny part of that story which is my basically first friend ever my friend uh uh, derek he's the singer of the faceless and he was there and you were like you were there saying your goodbyes and we were shaking hands and um like just it just so how it just worked where you he put his hand out right as you turned your head and Uh like and so he, he just you walked right by his hand like this like he was oh. like giving the shake, and then I know, I know, but he was installed just by the jars. Oh, <laughs> and he dude, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It was, it was, it was a funny thing because it was just. Oh. I looked at it, when it happened. It was like a funny thing where your head just churned and his hand went out, and he's like, 
but oh, it was like shoot. a no no don't feel bad it's a it's a funny we we laughed about it because it was just well, i'll give him a hug if i see him next time that's make oh up yeah for it. there you go <laughs> oh not cool not cool. Uh, no, no, no 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 he wasn't it wasn't like i was right there it was just like a, a head turn at the wrong time and oh, it was all, oh, well. but he like took it and made like he's all dissed by the jars <laughs> and we laughed so hard the way he said it though was like the, the delivery was like a comedian like delivering a funny line you know we laughed and, but no, he was. It was. We definitely mm. weren't like Jars is an asshole. No, at, you basically just missed it. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't anything oh, well. like that. But I thought it was. Sorry, I thought that story would go funnier. But I didn't. I didn't. When you started it, I was like, "This is not gonna." Wait, we have a live bagging. <laughs> <laughs> That's our theme music for when somebody orders a shirt and they get it bagged in the package on the show. That's what you were just hearing. All right. <laughs> we're, are, we're, I guess we're <laughs> we're hey, I, want that, I want the uh, the palm trees on my picture. Yeah. Put oh the yeah. Palm switch trees it back. There you okay, go. Okay. Now, now I'm good. Now I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, guys. Yeah. Thanks for asking me to come on and see. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. I, you know, it's we like you've been a humongous influence. We've been a couple of months that we. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I've been. Yeah. I th yeah, I think it was a couple of months that we've been talking about it and stuff. And but yeah, dude, it's it, this is the thing. It's like we found a date and everybody was able to link up. And this is more than anything we could have asked of. Awesome. This yeah, is cool. I had a great time tonight, dude. I we got some tidbits that I think that could be exclusive to the show. I don't know if. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and and. Um, we got a new Odious has got a new album out. Maybe we got a spot on there for uh, maybe another. So, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. He's all, remember, the first thing that Ron said at the show. He's like, "So you guys are going to tour this? Like, what? This is like I did all this work on this, and like it wasn't like that, but it was like you guys got to play that music live. Like, what are you guys doing? Like we you were did. like, we did. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we didn't do full scale after it was released. We did. We unfortunately we did the full scale before it was released. You know. <laughs> yeah it's yep, hard yep. it's hard to tour stuff yeah it is but it's, it's all good hey it's all about making the music with you guys right that's all it is first and yeah. i'm sure that's how ron would look at it too it's like first we make music and we fall in love with the music together then that's why we do it man that's why we do it exactly gotta and love it and then maybe we could do it live but at least we did have that one thing where we all created something together and we fell in love with it together, you know. That's it. Oh, that was so nice. Yeah, awesome. definitely. <laughs> it's a good way to end it, right there. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, Ron, dude, thank you so much, dude. Right, I know we've said it a thousand times already, but this truly, yeah. thank you very much. This was huge awesome. honor. Yeah, dude. All right, man. I'm out. You are, and uh, we're just awesome. gonna take it. We're gonna uh, take it out real quick. Uh, BattleforgeCoffee.com, CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com. Uh, the tour, throw that flyer up real quick. I'm doing multiple things. I'm rating and doing everything at once. But uh, Jesus, God! All right. Oh, yeah. If you're in Seattle this Saturday at the Bar House, you'll go see some brutal shit. We love you guys. Um, we'll see you next week. Rock on! Y'all right, be good. <laughs> <laughs>